What are you listening to? You don't know that the guy's just put I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's... All right, listen up, y'all. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm a very healthy, not so much, P. Coliseo, joined as always by my good friend, Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? 90 degrees outside, and you're suffering like it's 12 degrees, and yeah. you're stuck outside. I've seen the sun for about two hours in the last week. It's been pretty rough. Yeah, you know, now I'm I, glad I, you're... Yeah, now I think back. We barely made this podcast last week. I was doing, I was having a rough time on Thursday, but I sucked it up and made it through. Saturday, I went, uh, Friday, I went to work, and I was kind of okay. I got drained by the end, but it was also like 97 degrees. And then Friday night, lost my voice. All weekend, I was laid up. Uh, Monday morning, dying, go to the doctor. Great drugs. Great drugs. Drugs are amazing, man, if, if used you, properly, right? If used properly, sound, everybody. You sound worse today than you did last week. Oh, de- well, I sound worse, but I definitely feel better. Um. Yeah, got some uh, cough syrup, some heavy-duty cough syrup. Uh, a doctor friend of mine said, oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Um, some steroids, so I've been doing some extra push-ups, you know, use them, use them wisely. And, uh, and uh, some antibiotics and stuff like that. So we're, we're, it was amazing, dude. I got the medication. I got home. I took the medication immediately. I took everything. I just took it all at once. Within an hour, like the, ear, the pain in my ear was gone. My throat didn't hurt anymore. I'm like, whoa. That's that's all this mental. Is, this is some <laughs> serious shit. Well, if it's mental, placebo effect worked great. Um, hey, I wanted to start off this week with a comment we got from one of our listeners. I thought it was a really good idea. It was more of an idea than a comment. Um, so actually, I'll read it to you. I think I still have it here, right? All right, so uh, our listener friend says, uh, I'm listening to Fantasy Radio on some ESPN Fantasy podcast now. I'd rather listen to you two maniacs. I don't blame you. Maybe you even get 10 or 12 guys and actually draft, even if it's four to six rounds, then discuss it and rip people apart. That's kind of about what we do, right? Sounds like so, a couple of maniacs, you know, maybe ripping so people I, apart. I like maniacs um, to a certain extent. Uh, I like this idea slightly, and I slightly don't, only because I, have, uh, I am in fantasy leagues and all my buddies listen. Oh, well, we so can. Am, uh, well, listen, we can we can hold off. Oh, last of the Mohicans over I there. I think that What's was one of your on? buddies saying, "Get him to do it. Get him to do the podcast. Get him to do the <laughs> fantasy draft." Listen, we don't have to do it like next week. We can do it closer to. Yeah, but you, yeah, you got to do it before the season starts, and all my yes. drafts are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before the season starts. The week before. All right, so here's what we'll do. All right, so I had, all right, so I had an idea about it too, because I'm like, well, two guys doing a fantasy draft is just not enough because there's too many good players, and we're not going to have a difficult time, you know, picking great players. So no, I, we're going to have too many great players. That's yeah, it's 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 almost. I don't want to say it's too easy because guys get hurt and guys don't play well, but you know what I'm saying. Like you need you need more. I thought maybe we would ask Mike Dean over at Dean Dome Sports if he would want to join us, and and what we could do is we could record it separately and then we could release it on the Thursday of the first first game of the season. I was looking that's, at That's not bad, but how do you do it separately? What do you mean? No, we would we how would you, we would do it the three of us could do it tomorrow if we wanted to and just oh, and just I not release that release that I portion of it. 
And we could release that portion of it with that Thursday of the first night of NFL football podcast. We're yeah, not doing football. this to help anybody with their Oh, I thought that's what I thought that's what Nah, Jimmy because wanted. with only okay. a couple guys picking, you're never gonna be in the positions you know, for us in the fourth round, we're still gonna have like mega great players where Stunts. they'll all be gone. Stunts. So what I was thinking this is more of like a, it's kind of a me versus you versus Mike Unless we can maybe get a fourth guy in. That's okay. Yeah, okay. We um, could do our own little mini fantasy season. Now, I'm not one to, like, keep up on it, so I thought we could come up with some rules such as, like, you're stuck with who you got unless a guy gets hurt, unless a guy gets benched, you know, stuff like that. But like, right, we'll discuss it more off the air. Yeah, but I thought it would be kind of like fantasy in the sense of, like, this is our team. Take it or leave it. Not like I don't want to track this shit like a normal fantasy team every week making trades. Get the hell out of here. Like, if a guy gets hurt, we got to replace him. If a guy gets benched, you know, hey, what if Sam Darnold starts the season and then he sucks and Baker Mayfield takes his place? You could make a switch at that point if if the other guy's available. You know what I mean? But otherwise, we would just leave it as it is to see who does the best. You know, who had the best preseason prognostication? So I, I have a thought. You have DraftKings? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk. Okay, so we'll talk. So I think it's a good idea. I like the idea, and frankly, I like the um, listener participation, so we appreciate that. Yes, me too. Me too. So that was cool. Good idea. Definitely got me thinking, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But but for your sake and for your fantasy dreams and hopes, we won't release anything before your draft takes place. That sounds fair? Thanks, Coach. That sounds fair. We could even release it as a special special separate episode, the fantasy episode. Okay. Okay. Good talking to you. <clears throat> big news out of Jets. Better. Big news out of Jets camp this week. Total friggin' heartbreaker. You know they're like, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You know what I mean? But it's always like, and this isn't just go for the Jets. This goes for like any time there's a player, any player in any league, who's coming off an injury and then gets hurt again. And that this week does happen to fall with the Jets. Makai Becton, another. Excuse me, kneecap injury, which is weird. I mean, he's such a big dude. Maybe that has something to do with it. But he's been a big yeah. dude for a pretty long time. Uh, never had issues like this. Goes down with a knee injury. Something with his kneecap. Looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Sorry, sorry, I had a cough. I don't think anybody wanted to listen to that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's just sad. I mean, more than anything, it's sad. I mean, he had kind of, there was talk in the offseason about him being moved talk uh then it was whether or not he'd even play left tackle which they did end up moving him to right tackle uh Fant played really well at left tackle last year people didn't realize he had well over a 75 like pf uh, pff grade and so they said let's just keep him here he's obviously more of a natural he literally uh, george Fant had literally had 20 something points higher rated grade at left tackle than he did at right tackle i find that fascinating that like it's the same position just the other side and you're that much better or worse, depending on which direction you want to look. Anyway, so they had already moved him to right tackle. Um, it looked like he was really starting to come around in camp. He was getting in shape, looking good. The coaches were really happy with what they were seeing. Then he, then he bangs up the knee again. Now, let me ask you. Uh, there was some reports coming. What the hell was that? I hit the wrong button. God. There was some reports <laughs> out of... Uh... You're, man, you're you're battling over there. I'm working dude. on it. I'm working on. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. We got this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's there were some reports during OTAs that a lot of people were unhappy with him, right? With his with his overweight coming in. But he wasn't. Shape. He wasn't overweight. There was some time. You know, it's 95 degrees. The guy's 350 pounds, and he threw up during practice one time. I looked at that differently. I looked at that as like he's pushing himself. 
And frankly, that's what Robert Sala said. Now, in his defense, Robert Sala hasn't been afraid to like get on players for being out of shape or for not performing well, especially during camp. Most of that staff hasn't actually. Mike LaFleur has, has gotten on players before. So it wouldn't have surprised me if they gave him shit about it. And what they felt was he's pushing himself to the limit every single day. So I don't think that's what was going on. And specifically in the last, we'll say, four or five practices, there was a lot of excitement about what they were saying. Uh, overall, big blow for the Jets. Oof. You never want to lose a lineman, never mind a tackle. Um, I got to be honest with you, dude. This could be troublesome with him coming back with his weight issues, eating, a knee, not going to be able to work out. Yep. Uh, I don't know how many years he has left on his contract. I think maybe one. This is third year. <clears throat> and he was yeah, a. Um, so I think he's got one. So that, one plus help. one, yeah. They probably won't. They probably won't extend them. They probably won't give them the fifth. They're not going to do that right now. Yeah. They won't do that this season. uh, I kind of feel bad for the young man as well. Um, Listen, you know, your career's not over if you leave the Jets, but it's just just sad for you and And Jets fans. It doesn't mean he just got – What was he, the fourth overall pick? No, I think it was a little higher. Like, like, whatever, lower. Like in the nine, something like nine or something like that. I think he ended up being the third lineman pick that day, third tackle pick that day. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, you got you. You always got this stuff down. I'm going with nine. I think it's a little higher than that. Eleven? No, I mean the other way. Seven? Yeah, I think something like that. I'm thinking it's nine. Being right, a, just because they don't sign him to that fifth year at the end of this season doesn't mean. At some point next season, or at the end of next season, they can't continue to sign. It doesn't mean his career is automatically done because, frankly, he's still relatively cheap. Oh, you're right, sir. Oh, every once in a while, the bold guy gets it right. Uh, you're, if you're a Jeff fan, you should fucking know. Well, I don't know when guys get drafted. I couldn't even tell you when Joe Namath was drafted. Round one, pick 11. 11. I, I said nine. I'm not right. Well, you're lower. Than, you're better closer than me. That's true. I was right. Um, I'll take the win. Louisville, huh? Yes. There were others that I wanted instead. I love the kid out of Northwestern. He's turned out to be maybe the best left tackle. That's the senior, Slater? Yeah. And he was picked after. Yeah, later. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, There is a little silver lining here. The Jets just today, just before we came on, so thank you, Joe Douglas, for making our show a little better today. Uh, The Jets went out, and they've been courting him for a few days now, since last Saturday, I believe, Friday, Saturday. They signed Dwayne Brown. Your thoughts on this? Must. Yeah, must. Uh, good career, getting a little long in the tooth. Sure, thirty-six um, years old. That's yeah, a lot of a lot of wear and tear on this guy, <laughs> but you know, at least he's a body and uh, a professional. Um, definitely playing right tackle now. There's no question about that. Yes, there's, there's, there's no shot that fan leaves that position now. Uh, left tackle. Um, again, now it's kind of like. Fine line is staying healthy here with you guys now. That's the big blow in August. It always sucks. And yep. Every every team has them. Sure. The Broncos have had it already as well. <laughs> Tampa Bay's got so, some injuries out Tampa the, Bay, out the definitely, ass. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Arm is I was going to talk about that. Sore. Yep. So, but what, what, are, what, are, what me and you, what are our favorite things to talk about? Line of scrimmage. Of course. No, and it's the huge. And it more than basically anybody else at this point for young Zach Wilson. So For Jets fans, here's the one silver lining. Two years ago when Makai Becton first came on this team, he was instantly the best lineman that they had. Why? Because the rest yeah. of the line really sucked. Yeah. Yep. This year, there's an argument to be made that he was the fourth or fifth best lineman on this line. 
Let's not forget that they have Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle. Uh, McDermott, I always forget the guy's name at center. McGovern. McGovern at center. Uh, you just got Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. And you have um, George Fant, who, again, rated out almost at an 80 last year at left tackle. The difference, it's it's a massive difference when you're a bad offensive line or an even a mediocre offensive line and you fill in with another mediocre lineman, you become a very bad line. But if you have a good offensive line and you fill in with one mediocre guy, that one mediocre guy doesn't tear up the whole goddamn thing. Like everybody else, do you understand what I'm saying? A yep, bad lineman yep. on a bad line is bad. A bad lineman on a good offensive line you can manage that. There's ways of managing that. Using a tight end to chip, using a running back to chip if you have to, depending on who you're playing that week. And Dwayne Brown is a really good lineman. I mean, listen, he got released. There's a reason he got released, right? He's too expensive, uh, getting older. But he usually plays an entire season. This is a guy who doesn't really get hurt a lot. So you can hope that out of him. Plus, the Jets are pretty excited about this kid, Max, Max Mitchell, that they picked out of, I don't know, Northern Illinois or whatever, wherever the hell they got. He's been forming really, really well. To me, he's a little undersized. You know, obviously, Green hasn't doesn't have much experience. But it is a different kind of feel because the rest of the line is so solid. So we'll see. Not Let's not get too uh, upset about it, too freaked out about it. Besides, it doesn't matter if you do freak out. It is what it is. But this is a different Jets offensive line. So I, ha I have a little more faith in what's going to happen moving forward because of that. But it is just – it's really more than anything to me. It's, it's, um, it is kind of disappointing for the kid. Yep. Like I just like I know he worked really hard. There was a lot of uh, Twitter videos that were out there of him in the offseason really working hard with trainers and all this kind of stuff. He looked great. You know, you see a guy put in the work for all that time and then just, boom, you're gone, out. Yeah. Poof, it's like, geez, you didn't even get to fucking suit up. It's really upsetting. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I will tell you that um, four or five practices in a row now, the Jets have looked really good. I should really say Zach Wilson has looked really good, connecting really well with Elijah Moore. I'm telling you right now, uh, keep your eye on this kid. Super explosive, great hands, great route running. I'll say like a poor man's Tyree Kill until he's uh, as good as or better than Tyree Kill. I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm not afraid to say it. So. But they've looked really good. So there's there's a lot of things to be happy uh, about, strong. even though that, that has is, even though that has happened. So that is strong. You are a optimistic Jeff fan. I will give you that. Well, at the other side, I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's Patrick Mahomes. Just like I say, too, was not Patrick Mahomes. So you know, it doesn't matter who's throwing to you. Although who was um, who was it at at camp the other day? I was Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. He said this kid reminds me of Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying that's not coming from me. That's coming from a professional wide receiver. Got to put up nice numbers. Wipe yourself off. Listen, this is what he said. I'm just reporting the news. I'm merely a journalist here on this one. How disappointed are you going to be in two years if Zach Wilson stinks like everyone else is? I'll be pretty you're disappointed. Be, you're going to be crushed. You're going to be crushed. Yeah, I'd be pretty disappointed because I really do believe there's a lot of good stuff there. I know, and I and I don't want to be the I don't want to be the anti jet guy here, but. Well, it's you easy. Guys, to... You guys, you guys have to reel in a little bit. You guys, you, you guys do it every other year. Well, first reel it in a little bit. Listen, I don't know if you were around for our preview two weeks ago, but I talked about the Jets winning. They should win somewhere seven, eight games. I'm not like, I'm not spouting all over the place saying they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, no. But then you said last week too. Listen, I kind of want the Bills to win, but I think this is the last year I could do it. The Jets are going to be very good in two years. Yeah, I do think that. That so, I do think. So, so reel it so in here, a little I'll bit. Give you, I'll give you another reason to think that though. And this is not me. This is just big, big boy journalism here. Okay. PFF rates the Jets as the best 
having the best 25 and under, 25 year old and under roster in the league. Like of all the teams, they take because you got 20 of them. That's well, 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 but whatever, they're the best of everyone. And when you're the best at anything other than, like, getting sacked, you know, like, that's... Rams have one guy, Jets have 22 guys. Actually, the Rams, the Rams were top 10 on the list, actually. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, forgive me for being excited for once. I mean, I've, I'm I've, just teasing you. I have to really give I, I live in misery. Because I don't want you looking forward to the draft at week three again like you do. I want you to think about this, man. I probably started following football when I'm, like, five or six years old. 1977. And I'm 49 years old. Right, so we're talking like forty years, forty-three years of following the Jets. Do you realize in like forty-three years, I might have like, I don't know, ten good ones. That's what I'm trying to tell so you. So cut me some slack. Take, I'm a, take this a is deep a, breath. this is the time of year I'm allowed to get excited because once <laughs> September comes, it doesn't usually go well. So let me just enjoy this time, man. All right, let's move on. Oh, I freaking hate you sometimes. You're a I dick. Know. Get, get in line. AFC North, let's talk about it. What's going on there? Who do we got? NFC North. NFC or AFC? AFC North. AFC North. AF. They will play the AFC East and the NFC South. Uh, last year's order, Bengals, Super Bowl runner-up. Followed by the Steelers sneaking into the playoffs last second. The Cleveland Browns in third. And the Baltimore Ravens, surprisingly, in fourth place. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, let's start with those Baltimore Ravens. They open up. Their first four games are against your AFC East, weeks one through four, which is a little bananas. I think the Jets beat them in week one. Uh, okay. Um, never a stretch. <laughs> more than uh, two tough games in a row for them. Of course. Are they not. healthy? Uh, last year they lost Lamar. They lost their whole backfield. They lost Marcus Peters. I think they lost another guy, Marlon Humphrey, through the year. Yeah. They were decimated by injuries. That's why they finished last. Um, Hollywood Brown gone, traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, weak weapons all the way around besides tight end Mark Andrews and a J.K. Dobbins coming off an ACL. Who's the one wide receiver they got that's pretty decent out of Minnesota? Uh, the kid from Minnesota. Um, what's, what'd you say? Well, you don't, I said the kid from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, what was his name? Um. Oh, come on, this is your, this is your part. Yeah. Wow. That's how, Bateman, Rashad Bateman, I got you. I was going to say, you feel Um, never. Um, they drafted... Mr. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame to play safety. By the way, uh, we both we picked that in our draft, in our mock draft. We had that we had it land in there. We were both like, how does Baltimore always do it? They find a way to just get a guy who drops it, and it actually happened. He's a really good player. Mr. Lindenbaum, center from Iowa, Mr. All American. We both liked him a lot. And my buddy David Ojabo, who would have went in the first round if he didn't tear his Achilles in his oh, Michigan Pro Day. They got story. him in the mid second. He will probably sit this year, but coming the up whole season, next, probably. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, so uh, Cam Akers came back last year from a torn Achilles. Correct. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but either way, when they get him back, it's going to help their defense. And if you yeah. get him back next year, it's an additional draft pick. Yep. Yeah. No so, reason to rush him. I get it. So uh, I hope I'm, have, I'm rooting for the kid, though. So the Ravens are <laughs> looking to revenge a disappointing 2021. Yeah, this is a this is a weird team, right? Because like you said, they finished in last, but it was because of a lot of injuries. Or was it because of a lot of injuries? I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. Like I don't have a really good read on them. And for years all we heard about was like the Baltimore has to go out and get more weapons for Lamar, get more weapons for Lamar. And this year they ended up, you know, pawning off one of those pretty decent weapons. I mean, 
it starts to make you wonder, is it the weapons or is it Lamar? And this is something that you and I have talked about from the day we started this podcast about Lamar Jackson. And let's be honest, that's most every team comes down to quarterback play, at least as far as how far are you going to go. And neither one of us are big believers in him as a Super Bowl quarterback. Winning quarterback, for sure. Would I take him? For sure. Um, do I think he's fun, exciting, good guy, all that? For sure. Do I think he's a Super Bowl quarterback? I don't. And I'm, I think more reluctantly, for whatever reason, but reluctantly, people are starting to come around to the idea that, you know, it's not just Lamar with bad weapons. Sometimes you got to say, maybe it's Lamar. And I'm start, I've been saying that, and I think people are starting to see that, and I hope they start to see that more. But with that said, this is one of the best-run organizations in the entire NFL, has been for a very long time, pretty much since they've been in Baltimore, let's be honest. This has been a competitive team. I don't know if you have it in front of you anywhere, but I would be fascinated to see, other than last year, how many times they missed the playoffs. I bet it's very few. Yeah, it's very few. Very few. Which yeah. is, I mean, if you're a fan of the Baltimore Ravens, we know Eddie Desane is a big fan. I mean, wow, what a great place to be in that you know every team, every year your team is competitive. Yeah. I mean, that's all you really ask for. We all want to win the Super Bowl, but only one team does. What you really want is you want your team to be in games every week, competitive, thinking you have a chance to win. That's why we watch. Yeah. And if you're a, if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, you know every week your team's in a game. Doesn't even matter who you're playing. You can be playing the best team in the league. Does not matter. Excellent coach, excellent front office, good quarterback. Always, usually a strong defense. Was a little lacking last year, but um, I'm sure they made some improvements. Some of which you mentioned. So we'll see. It's it's an it's an odd team to predict for this year. I gotta be honest with you. I had a hard time with this, but we'll get to that at the end. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Weeks five to I'm eight. I'm gonna get in trouble the- here. I gotta get in trouble here. I got some friends that are Steelers fans. They're probably not gonna like what I have to say. So do I. I have a lot of friends that are Steelers friends and family. Uh, weeks five to eight at Bills, Tampa Bay, at Dolphins, at Eagles. Probably their only big stretch. Big Ben has finally said goodbye. Quarterback competition: Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph. And it's funny with Mason Rudolph. They, they thought he was going to be the uh, successor to Ben. They wrote him off, and now he's looking the best in camp. Have, what, that's, that's, are you surprised, that's, though? That's, that's, that's Murphy's law, but I've never heard well, of it. Well, he's the one guy there that has experience in the system. He knows the system. So just off of that alone, I'm sure he's more yeah. comfortable. And it's not like he was a shit quarterback in college. This guy was a player. Different ball game in the NFL. I liked him. I was a fan of his, so. Uh, always a solid defense. Uh, they got Miles Jack, a linebacker, to go next to Devin Bush. I think that'll help everybody there. Um, weapons on offense, dude. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Fryermuth, the uh, uh, Najee Harris. They got it's the question. The quarterback is the big question Huge. mark there, man. It's it's really up. It's really it's going to make or break their season. I know we can say that about every team. Every oh well, yeah, sure. But this but this kind of has Denver Broncos last year written all over it. You're absolutely right. To me, yeah. If you really look now, now the Steelers have some questions on their offensive line. Maybe they made some improvements. I'm not. I'm not too sure what they did with the O line. Um, but yeah, it's funny you say that. That's a great comparison because what did we want? What was the one thing we were saying? God, every friggin' week last week with Denver, is that they're what they're they're one player away. But that one player happens to be a, a franchise quarterback, which is hard. It's hard to get. They're they're not they're not easy to find. Everyone has one or has one that they're hoping will be one. Giants, Jets, Jacksonville, Carolina, maybe. It's a maybe, maybe, maybe until it's not. And then when it's not, you're like, shit, you're stuck. And that's kind of that's kind of where the Steelers are right now. This is a really good football team that has a, maybe one of the biggest question marks in the league at quarterback. So 
Um, yeah, it's a great comparison to last year's Denver team. It'll be fascinating. You know, we've said, everybody knows Tomlin has never had a losing season. Tomlin has also never had a season without Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Mr. Consistent, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that makes me a little sad, whether it's Roethlisberger or Peyton Manning, although that was different because they won a Super Bowl that year, I feel like we get hung up on the last couple years of of a veteran, of a Hall of Fame player's career, and that's all we remember. Yeah, it's like the bad mouthing that's going on about Ben Ra- Roethlisberger, all based on like pretty much two years. This guy's got two Super Bowl rings and been to three. Like this guy was a baller, dude. This is a yep. first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy was a stud. Like you got defensive linemen in the league talking about him being one of the most difficult guys to sack. Big time arm. He was mobile. Like whatever foibles he had, whatever inconsistencies or, or you know little strange things that he did that were different than it wasn't didn't practice whatever guy won a lot of football games so you can say whatever you want about mike tomlin never guess who else never did that was ben roethlisberger and i just i got a feeling that this is going to be the year that that streak gets broken somebody's got to lose in that division and they clearly have the worst quarterback well until week seven cleveland well we'll see we'll see with that that. i don't know is jacoby Brissett worse than mr bisky I would say yeah. Let's get to that team. The Cleveland Browns. Week 5 to 12 is brutal. <laughs> That's a so long they, stretch. They, they, they better hope they better hope Deshaun Lee misses six. <laughs> Chargers at home, Patriots at home, at the Ravens, Bengals at home, at the Finns, at the Bills, and then Tampa Bay. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a rough stretch. Watson out the first six. Great offensive line. Great running game in Chubb and Hunt, although Chubb has been a little mouthy by wanting to get out of there. Um, they got Amari Cooper in the offseason. They re-signed David Njoku with tight end. Uh, they lost Beckham, obviously, trade. They lost uh, uh, Jarvis Landry to the Saints. They have a couple young guys there that are pretty good, pretty athletic. And I got to tell you, dude, this is this is probably we, – later on we're going to have a segment about pressure on coaches and players. The franchise here, dude, as a whole – there's a lot of pressure on. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, because this Deshaun Watson thing, in hindsight, at the very least, I think most of us in foresight saw that it was a bad, it was a risky move. I'm going to give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt and say it was a risky move. The benefit of hindsight, they should know it was probably a bad decision. Now, Two years from now, they may not think it was a bad decision. But two years from now, they may not have the exact same team because this year you're paying Deshaun Watson $700,000 and next year you're paying him $46 million. So your roster isn't going to look the same either. We talk about this all the time with cap space. I don't have the throat to do it today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I don't know. It's a strange thing, you know. The NFL has is going after at least one year. The the what they're what they want to do now is give him a one year suspension. This is why the Browns were only paying him seven hundred thousand. They kind of figured something like this was coming down the pipe. With this rumor, brings rumors of other trades. So, what I heard over the last couple of days was that if the NFL comes down with a full one season, uh, one year suspension, there would be interest in one Jimmy Garoppolo from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, there's intrigue there because as we have talked about previously, Trey Young hasn't exactly had the best camp. And you know you can tell when someone's not having a, a great camp. By What would you say? What did I say? 
Trey, Trey Young? Young. Who, what was it? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. You Jesus, cannot get this guy's name. I know. I get it wrong every time. I'm I'm surprised <laughs> I remember Trey. I'm halfway there now because I remember the Trey part this time. Um, it's it's funny because if somebody's going to speak glowingly, they talk specifics. Oh, the balls he's thrown, the accuracy. You know the words that they use, right? Like, oh, he's got the playbook down. What are the things you hear now? I'm sure he'll be fine. It's early in preseason. He's a hardworking kid. You know, you don't hear, oh, he's spreading it around. He's you building you don't hear rapport. Terms. No. You hear common, yeah. yeah, you hear psychological terms. Like, anything, how do we say nice things without saying nice things? So that's where this will become interesting because, you know, does San Francisco really want to trade Jimmy J? I'm sure they. I'm sure they do, but they're also like, uh, I don't think I don't we can. Know. I don't know. So it's interesting. Yeah, if the Browns. So do you have their schedule in front of you now? I could get it. Yeah, why don't you get that? Why don't you let me know? Because that you said that stretch was weeks five through five yeah. through twelve. How does the season start? Because that's when they would, at the very least, that's when they would be missing Deshaun Watson. Well, at least Open for up. five. Wow, the NF- man, this is great. This is just great. Week one, Cleveland at Carolina. Oh, Baker, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> Week two. You got a guess? No. You should. Jets. Yep. Yep, 0-2. Whoa! Did you got the Jets turn off two and zero. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, you are fucking that, that Robotus is good, huh? That's good Holy stuff. Shit. I feel great. <laughs> week three, week three, Steelers home. Night game, Thursday night game. I mean, that's a that's a that's a barn that's burn. It's a winnable game. It's a winnable game for sure. Yeah, yeah, winnable yeah. Game. Yeah. Adelana. But you know, Steelers and Browns. Steelers hate the friggin' Browns, man. I know. They're gonna be fired Adelana. up. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think Pittsburgh's D can shut that percent real fucking quick. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Atlanta, week four. That's a win. Chargers home. That's a loss. That's week five? Yeah, Patriots home. Week six. That's a coin toss. You know how I feel about the Patriots. I know. I agree with you, I think, on that. And Brissett is the next Patriot, too. Correct. He probably knows that offense better than Matt Patricia. Like I said, it gets brutal. So, dude, they play Pittsburgh week three and then not till week 18. Oh, that's a way to knock you out of the playoffs. Back-to-back road games to end the year at the at the Commanders. I can't. I hate that fucking name. Oh at the God. Commanders and at the Steelers. I wanted to put their coach on the on the coaches list of who's on the hot seat just because I don't like the name. I want every coach ever of the Commanders to be on the hot seat. So how about this? <laughs> they play every game at one o'clock, except Steelers that Thursday night, week three, and then they play the Bengals on Halloween. I guess that's a Monday night. Yeah, Monday night, Halloween night, Monday night. And everything else is at one o'clock. That's this, that doesn't tell you what you need to know about what the Browns are going to be. It's it's Holy um shit. it's an odd division. That's it's like a Jets schedule. It's weird because a year ago this this division was about as settled and normal and ex, as expected as you can be. Like you knew who the quarterbacks were going to be. You kind of knew who the teams were. You kind of knew. And this year it's like outside of the Bengals, who we'll talk about next. There's a lot of flux. There's yeah. a lot of flux going on there, and it's really going to be interesting to see. What kind of movement we get, what kind of players we get stepping up. You know, don't forget with the whole Baltimore thing too, with Lamar, like there's contract negotiations and a contract battle going on right now there. So there's a lot of uncomfortable shit going on there too. And who knows how he plays based yeah. on not wanting to get hurt to 
screw up his contract or whatever. You know, it's a weird division this year. It really is. And it's a, it's a hard one to kind of predict of what's going to go on. So, all right, we got one more team, right? We'll end it with the Cincinnati Bengals. Indeed. Another, another tough schedule down the stretch. Weeks 11-18 at Steelers, at Titans, Chiefs, and Browns home, at Buccaneers, at Patriots, and then ended at home with the Bills and the Ravens. Again, they're like the Colts. They're going to earn it if they do anything this year for sure. You got to earn it in the NFL one way or another. The funny thing about those whole those whole um, schedule ratings. No yeah, good. especially at the end of the year, you don't know what we're going to say. You don't know what's going to happen. It's something to well. talk about. Uh, Super Bowl loser hangover usually has an effect. It didn't bother the Chiefs last year. They were yeah. the way to the AFC Championship game. I got a feeling um, that's not the case this year either. Improved offensive line. Which was the one yep. thing, right? Yep. Young and cheap playmakers for now. Young and fast defense. Good defensive coordinator. They drafted two defensive backs in their first two picks in Dax Hill out of Michigan and Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. So they wanted to get a little more improved on the back end with the passing league that the NFL is now um, big time in. Um, so they improved their back, the back end on the D and they improved their line. And I think that's, we talked about that all offseason. That was it, right? The one thing you could say uh, that was a problem with the Bengals last year is that Joe Burrow was always under duress, and we were complaining because you know he got hurt the year before. He was the most sacked quarterback until he tore his ACL. And then last year, he was still getting beat up a lot, and we gave him so much praise because even though he was getting knocked on his ass all the time, he was still putting up these monster numbers, like having just great games. He didn't give a shit. He's like, fuck it, and just go. Throw these you know, three, four, 500-yard passing games, like unbelievable. So they make upgrades there. I'm not making a prediction, but I'm asking a question, and I think it's a legitimate question to ask considering this is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and made improvements. Is this team better than the Buffalo Bills? See, your problem is you just go right to Josh Allen, right? You go right to Josh Allen, you're like, Josh mm -hmm. Allen's better than Joe Burrow. Their defense, I think, is very good, Buffalo's. Cincinnati's is pretty goddamn good. They improved it with Von Miller. The Bengals don't have a pass rusher like that. No. Um... I think they could definitely put up more points. In the I think it's a closer, sense. you know, I think it's a closer decision. What, what, what coach would you take? I would, you know, I, I want to go with the offensive guy, but I really do like McDermott. I think he's yeah, a good I do coach. Too. I do too. I think and he's, he's, done it for, he's done it for a little while now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a tough one. But this is what I'm saying. Like this, these, those two teams, AFC is tough. I mean, we didn't even get to the West with like Mahomes in Kansas City and Denver, like, it's ugh. AFC's tough. <laughs> if you get there through the AFC, you've earned it. I mean, it just yeah. is what it is. Because the Bengals are really good. Joe Cool, Joe Burrow is you know, I, I've compared I compared him last year before the Super Bowl and really like midway through the playoffs. I'm like, this is Joe Montana. This is the closest version of he's not Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady isn't mobile. Joe Burrow is mobile. But he's also undersized, doesn't have the biggest arm, and you're like, how does he how's he constantly get it done? And it was kind of the same thing we always used to say about Joe Montana. Like, he's a little undersized, he's a little thin, you would think he's frail, but yet he'll run for first downs, he always just has just enough juice on the ball to make the completion. Like, timing is great, smart, decision-making, all those things, Joe Burrow is very Joe Montana. And uh, this is a really good football team. And just we, you know, we get caught up in certain things. It's like Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Like, oh, well, obviously Josh Allen. Yeah. And then other things like, well, they're the Bengals. Like, how long can the Bengals be good? Dude, it's just a helmet and a uniform. Like, the players on the field, that's a good football team. That team beat Kansas City last year on the road to go to the Super Bowl. 
Like, that's a good. This is a good football team, and they made improvements in the areas that they needed to make improvements. I tell you what, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. I, I don't think it's as simple as, or I don't think it's as obvious as, oh yeah, Buffalo is definitely better. <laughs> Better be real careful about that. Real careful. What order do you got them finishing the year, my friend? Okay, so starting in last, oh, God, forgive me, my friends. Forgive me, please, but the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are finally going to have a losing season. I'm sorry. I just don't know how you win a lot of football games in this league without without even, without knowing in August who your starting quarterback's going to be. I just I don't know. I just don't know. And if I told you at the end of last season – uh, that your starting quarterback was going to be Mitch Trubisky or what's the other kid? Kenny Pick. No. Or Mason Rudolph. Or Mason Rudolph. Would you think you're going to have a winning season? No. Well, that's what you got. So I got I got the Steelers. Although, although I really want to see yeah. Mitch fucking stick it to the Bears. I would love it. No, I'm with you on that, actually. And I like Mason Rudolph. It's not that I'm not rooting for him because I, I, I'm like a backseat Steelers fan. I'm not a fan. That's not a fair. But I do root for them usually. I like to see them win. And I like I like it when guys who are predicted to, to, to do poorly stick it up somebody everybody's ass. Yeah. So I'm kind of rooting for Trubisky and, or, or uh, what's his face to do good. I just don't know that I see it happening. So I got the Steelers in fourth. I got the Browns in third. Listen. It's just too much anarchy. It's too much chaos with the whole, you know, the whole quarterback thing, with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, with the whole protest. Who knows? <coughs> we don't even know what the suspension really is going to be. It's, at least it's six games, and when they come out of that suspension, they go on a hell-raising seven-game stretch of games that nobody would want to play. And then on top of that, we just assume that Deshaun Watson's going to be really good and fine after not playing for like a year and a half. Like I don't know. I'm just not ready to say that. Even if he did come back after six games, so. I think the Browns and Steelers are going to be fighting it out for that last spot, but I, I just think the Browns have an overall better roster, better offensive line, better running game. Uh, I got Baltimore in second. I got to be honest with these last three teams, the teams I have second, third, and fourth, I have no idea. I, I, I'm basically with Baltimore going off of history. Unless there's massive injuries like last year, this team always finds a way to win 10 games, something, you know, 9, 10, 11 games. So I think – why would I go against that? I have no reason to go against that until I've, I have information otherwise. So I'll put them there. And, and I just, the Bengals to me are the class of this division. The reason I said to you I don't see Super Bowl hangover, you often see Super Bowl hangover when it's a veteran team. And let's be honest, the team that goes to the Super Bowl is usually a veteran team because you don't just wake up one day and are awesome and go to the Super Bowl. There's usually stepping stones and those stepping, those steps take years. So for a team this young, I can see them being <coughs> super hungry again this year. They're, you know, cheap quarterback, cheap wide receivers, uh, all these cheap weapons. Nobody's being paid yet. I see them making another really strong run. You know, always we always have the caveat of we'll see about injuries. We hope there's no injuries. I think the Bengals make a really strong run again this year at a Super Bowl appearance. So I have them in first. I will go reverse order. I got the Bengals in first as well. I think they're very good. I think Zach Taylor now has confidence that, you know, you can't believe uh, Super Bowl, uh, coaching the Super Bowl. That's just goes without saying. Isn't it amazing that he was on the hot seat when the season started last year? He's the Jim Harbaugh of the NFL. It's incredible. Both were even same thing you said. I'm going on history here. I'm going Lamar, great regular season quarterback. Great that they stay healthy. Dobbins and Edwards stay healthy at run game because that helps him a lot. Lamar stay healthy as well. Um, I'm sure they'll figure out somebody will step up a wide receiver. We just right now don't know who that's going to be. And I trust Harbaugh and I trust their draft. Yep. Um, trust. I got that's a great word for that organization. Is you just got to trust them because they always yeah. find a way. 
I got the Steelers in third. Richie, Ooh. Stevie, Timmy, Brad, everyone. That's Pete. You get mad at Pete. He had him one spot lower than me. He's a prick. <laughs> I'll take the bottom. So I got the Steelers in third just because I think, like you said, the Browns are just – I think it's just going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be messy all the way around. A lot of chaos. People protesting it when you're driving into the stadium. Uh, if Reset isn't the guy, then, they, you know, they're going to have 19 guys in the box trying to stop Hunt and, and Chubb. And, you know, they don't have the greatest wide receivers in the world that is in now. Even with Watson, a quarterback, he hasn't played in two years. Now, I, t- I will uh, tell you one thing that's funny. You mentioned, like I said, that the it sounds like the Browns are going to get off to an 0-2 start. If they did get off to an 0-2 start, people would, be for, people would start forgetting about Deshaun Watson whipping his dick out on 35,000 different women and oh, want him yeah. in there so they can win some football games. You watch that's how that turns goes. if they got a losing record. Yeah, that's you watch how attitudes change. And you got the, you got the Browns. That was, the, that was last. Okay, what about the NFC North? NFC North, my friend, they play the NFC East and the AFC East. Uh, we'll start with the king of that division. It's been that way for about... I don't know, 20 years. Forever. The Green Bay Packers. Schedule pretty good considering they're always a top team and always hosting playoff games. It's, it's pretty – they play, the, you know, they have your first place team in the NFC, but, you know, the Cowboys aren't that great. And, you know, who knows in the uh, in the south with Brady getting old and yeah. this and that. But uh, they lost uh, Devontae Adams to the Raiders, and they lost Margaret Mar- – um, what's his name? About that scaling, I don't know what's first. Martavius, uh, yeah, no, nah, something like that. Montez, was, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, about that scaling to the Chiefs. Uh, good young defense. I think I heard somewhere where they have like seven first round picks on this defense yep. or something like that. Run game is tremendous. Two uh, two headed monster there, and Dylan and Jones. A lot of questions a couple years ago about them selecting. I want to say Dylan, right? Yep. And now people are like, "Oh, it's brilliant." Because after because after Jones had a monster year, correct. And um, they drafted uh, Watson at a North Dakota State, who's supposed to be a burner. nice fill-in for uh, yeah, he's a burner. For that offense. Yep. But you know, you never know. Maybe a Cooper Cup kind of guy, small school, takes a year to develop. Well, you're asking a lot. He's a rookie. I, you know, I always get nervous when we when we have these rookies come in. And I don't care what position. I think maybe outstanding of like wide uh, running backs. Running backs, we kind of do expect them to be able to just go off right away because it's such an instinctual <coughs> position. Everything else, there's a lot more technique. There's a lot more coordination, choreography, however you want to say it. Like an offensive lineman has to really learn the guys that are next to him and working lockstep. Quarterback has to learn so goddamn much. Wide receivers with the route tree and the communication stuff. Even on defense, you know, defensive ends often hit it. Right off the steps, it's like, just go get the quarterback. Just go freaking get him, you know? But running backs, it's like, give them the ball, tell them which direction to go, and then they just go. You know what I mean? This is also why they're kind of a dime a dozen, is why people like me and others like, um, oh, my God, what's the, the draft guy for ESPN? The draft guy? Yeah, the slick back hair. Mel Kuyper. Mel, Mel Kuyper and me, like, people like us say, never, never draft a running back in the first round. Think of the Jets getting a Brees Hall in the second round. Like, it's a second round. He's probably the best running back in the entire goddamn draft. He might be one of the best running backs you've seen in the last couple of years come out of the draft. You just don't do it because it's such an instinctual position, and a lot of guys have those instincts. And if you're opening holes, they just hit the holes. Um, so, anyway, I, it, it's hard. I get I get worked up when people are like, we're going to rely on rookies, even with the Jets this year. Like, oh, you got to like, slow down, dude. They're rookies. They don't even know the language of your team yet. Like, slow down. So that's what gets me a little worried about that one kid at wide receiver. 
But the other side of it is you got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, man, and yeah. he has a way of making players better. You know, we used to say this so many times about Drew Brees, talk about Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Is it the receiver or is it the quarterback who makes this receiver look great? You know, since Drew Brees has been gone, what's his name? Michael Thomas, he either doesn't play or doesn't look good. <laughs> what a surprise, right? We used to see guys leave the Patriots and go to other teams as wide receivers, and they were shells of themselves. They just weren't the same. Why? Because they weren't playing with Tom Brady. We'd see guys leave. Uh, we'll see this year and then the next coming years, we'll see guys leave the Chiefs. Yeah, It's not to say they're not great players, but now you're not playing with Patrick Mahomes. So when you got an Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you, and you're going to, first of all, you're paying him $50 million. He's going to have to carry the load and he's going to have to make guys around him better. And the reality is, at least for regular seasons, every friggin' year, he does. Now, he has his shortcomings in the playoffs, and we've well documented that. But in the regular season, he makes guys better. It just is yeah. what it is. I mean, there's no yeah. denying that. I don't like him, but he makes players around him better. So, you definitely, you definitely don't like him. Yeah. I just don't like him as a person. That's all. Let's move on to one of our uh, teams we're rooting for this year in the Detroit Lions. Yes. Now, I don't want to give too much away because we're going to have a little segment a little later on them. But uh, weeks five to nine, at Patriots, at Cowboys, home Dolphins, home Packers, an improving bunch. For sure. They, they have to learn to finish the close games. That comes with a young team. Last year, as we mentioned, they had three wins. They could have had seven at Easily. least. Um, at it also least. comes with a young coach. You know, first year yes. head coach. Yes. Young coaching staff. They made mistakes. There were mistakes that they made. Busted coverages at end of games. Like, But, again, I, everything seems to come back to the Jets. That's what we were kind of saying with the Jets. Like, rookie quarterback, not Detroit, but the Jets. Rookie head coach, rookie offensive coordinator. You had a lot of that with Detroit last year. Your rookie head coach, rookie coordinators. Mistakes are going to be made, man. Especially yeah. when you're playing some guys. You're playing a McVay. You're playing You're playing the head coaches who've been around you're for a long time. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. You're playing yeah. Zimmer who's been around a long time. Even, yeah. So, but um, you can't continue to make those mistakes in years two and three. So correct. that's why and we expect some improvement. And last year yeah. they were a little snake bit. You lost on a 65-year oh. field goal, which is fucking bananas. Crazy. Who was that uh, against? The Ravens. Tucker. Oh, God damn, Tucker. So it's number two overall pick. They drafted Hutchinson. Beautiful uh, They pick. drafted Jameson Williams out of Alabama, who's oh, going to miss, steal. I think, half the year. Maybe. Who he, cares? Yeah, I, I totally agree with a steal there. Oh. Uh, and Jared Goff, another guy I'm rooting for, too. We kind of got thrown under the bus. Yes. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Um, they're, just, they're just a likable bunch. There was a little video that came out just a couple days ago. Practice must not have been going so well. Dan Campbell kind of just – Gave him some shit and walked away. And a, one of the team, one of the players, oh, I don't know if he was even a captain. Paul Williams, the running back, yeah. Brought them all in and just went off. But it was more uplifting than it was downputting. And listen, you have to have talent in this league to win. End of story. I think they are starting to accumulate talent, but you're also yeah. starting to see how little they had <laughs> before last season started. Okay. It's so funny too, dude. A couple years ago they have Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, you know, and now they're But the rest was pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. That just shows you that the team nature of football above other sports, like it really does have to come together as a whole. If you have glaring weaknesses, it's tough, dude. It's tough. So, yeah, this is for us. We talked about this a week or two ago for, like, teams we're rooting for, even though they're not our teams. Detroit is definitely up there. Um, love Dan Campbell. I am rooting for Jared Goff. Uh, I think he gets a bit of a bad rap. Been, I think he's been in some tough spots, and I think he gets a bad rap. So I hope he does really well this year. So we'll see. 
Minnesota Vikings, uh, week six to 12 at Finns, Cardinals home, at Commanders, at Bills, Cowboys, and Patriots. <coughs> Mr. Zimmer is gone. O'Connell is in. Offensive guy. We have been more positive about Kirk Cousins the last two <coughs> years or so. I think this will only help him improve that. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, probably a one or two uh, fantasy wide receiver pick For right sure. now in the league. And then Adam Thielen's no slouch next Still to up him. there, yeah. Um, I had them rated as my – I think I had them rated as my number one receiving tandem. I think you did. Uh, another team that drafted two defensive backs, uh, Louis Sign out of Georgia, and I forgot the kid's first name, but Booth out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a steal in the second round because they were talking first round for him. Right. Uh, another, You know, you're playing Aaron Rodgers twice a year now, and, you know, you're playing the NFC West who throws the ball all over the place. So Cowboys throw it all over the place. So, listen, you gotta ha- you got to have defensive backs. Yeah, you mentioned them letting go of Mike Zimmer. I like Mike Zimmer. I think both of us do. I think both of us think he's a good coach. Maybe he's just meant at this point to just be a coordinator. I think he's an excellent defensive coach. Interestingly enough, their defense kind of stunk the last two years. Um, and I agree with you that getting an, an offensive guy in as head coach is only going to help Kirk Cousins where he really needs help. He doesn't need help in general. He needs help in big spots. He doesn't perform well um, in, like, high spotlight games like sunday night games monday night games thursday night games it's almost like the heat is on and he kind of buckles i don't know if a head coach can help you with that maybe he can but his overall numbers are hard to argue with dude very high touch to over 30 touchdowns single digit interceptions over four thousand passing like what do you want what do you want from your quarterback like you got to be realistic here like this he's in tremendous rare air with with the numbers that he puts up the rest of the team struggled. And he struggled in big spots sometimes, important spots he didn't come up with. <clears> and <throat> that's part of getting that big salary is you need to make those plays in those spots. That's just how it is. Yeah. But I would expect a little improvement this year. Um, I think the new coach thing, offensive mind, younger guy, gives a little boost, lights a little fire under their asses, and I, I expect them to play a little bit better this year. What was their record last year? Do you have it there? <clears throat> Cause I, I, I don't fucking shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if they eight they and win, nine. Eight and nine. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they won ten games. And if they win ten games, they're they're fighting for a playoff spot. Hold on. Ten, eleven games. It's certainly Hold doable. Fall. Hold the fall. And while you're looking it up, I'll, t- I'll say this: You look at the rest of the division. You know, obviously Green Bay is good, but they usually split with Green Bay. They usually win one and lose one with Green Bay. And yeah. then you got Detroit. And Chicago, and you should feel pretty good about playing those two teams. Those Dude, two right, right off the top of my head, I see, I see ten games. Just yeah, right. Yeah. So say say they even go three and three in the division. Just say okay. Right. Philly, New Orleans, Miami, Arizona, Commanders, Patriots, Jets. Let's just say Washington. Giants. <clears throat> yeah, there's definitely seven wins in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that's if they're improved, right. and I think they will be. I'm going to say Redskins. Fuck everybody. <laughs> Racist <laughs> bastard. And finally, your favorite team, the Chicago Bears. The Bears. I tell you. Big Justin Fields fan. I love Chicago. I wish they would figure this thing out. Chicago, uh, Chicago. Week 16, weeks 13 to 16, Packers, Eagles, Bills, all at home. There's a bye week in there. Uh, obviously, we're both not fans of Justin Fields, but obviously, we can't. We're not stupid. They haven't helped them. 
No. The last two years, they haven't helped them at all. They've actually gotten worse, weapon-wise and offensive-wise. Now they have guys want out. Linebacker Roquan yes. Smith has requested a trade. Who the fuck knows what that what that system, what that organization, what what that practice looks like on a daily basis? Yep. First year head coach, it might be an absolute grease fire. But again, we thought the same thing with the Eagles last year, and they went to the playoffs. So who knows? But I don't. I, I will bet a lot of money that this Bears team will not. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, I bet. think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very ugly, and I think I'll be like top five pick in the draft next year. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. I do have. Uh, I think Aberflus is a pretty good. Is it was a pretty good choice. I think he's got a lot of potential there. But I'm with you. This Justin Fields thing feels very Sam Darnold with the Jets a couple, you know, four years ago, whatever the hell it was at this point, four or five years ago. Like, oh, we're so excited. We got this great quarterback, and you surround him with utter shit. Like, there's just, you know. There's just nothing there to get excited about. And it's so funny. We were just talking about the hype and excitement from the players, from the players about their organization in Detroit, right? A losing team, a losing organization, and yet there's all these positive feels that are going on over there, and it's the exact opposite. And we haven't even gotten to a fucking game yet in Chicago. Right, they haven't even played a game yet, and you got players, a big time players, like one of their, you know, highest yeah. draft pick, Rokong, like wanting out, like demanding a trade. Like, what the hell could have happened in one week that he demands a trade? <laughs> like, holy shit, is he just like playing seven on seven and like looking around, like, oh shit, I gotta get the fuck out of here, man. This place is doomed. Yeah, so when maybe. you say like top five pick. I'm thinking more like top two or three minimum. I have a really hard time coming up with a team in a league that's worse than them. I really do. I really have a hard time. So uh, I guess you can imagine where I put them in my rankings in their division. So <laughs> Yeah, why don't, we start, why don't we start there? I think yes. we both have them in fourth place. Totally in fourth place. In third, I do have Detroit. I think they're up and coming. I put the number seven in parentheses. I think seven wins is, is doable for them. And I think if they get seven wins... That means they go, what, 7-10? and 10? That means <coughs> they're competitive in most of their games. I think that yeah. fan base would go bananas if they were actually, if they got seven wins, especially like if those start to compile near the end of the season. You know they're going to put a scare into a lot of teams throughout the season, so they're going to be fun to watch. And I got to be honest with you, Minnesota better be really careful because if – if, if, you know, we've been talking psychology for the last couple of weeks about what happens when you start winning a little bit and what happens when you start losing a little bit. You know, Tony Finau suddenly starts winning and the guy can't lose anymore, for Christ's sake. Right? Guy got more second-place finishes. Only only Jack Nicholas had more second-place finishes than Tony Finau. And now the guy can't and find Finau's a way to 30. lose. <laughs> yeah, the guy can't find a way to lose. Like just And he didn't become a better player suddenly, right? Be very, very careful about Detroit. If they get a winning streak, if they go – Three-game winning streak at some point. I don't know. You looked at the schedule. I don't know if that's a real possibility. But if they did, look out because there are real positive – I mean, i got to be honest with you. Other than the elite teams, other than the teams we know are great in the league, I'm having a hard time remembering a team feeling this good when they were like the first overall or second overall pick in a draft last year. Like this team looks at us like we're we're a playoff I I, team. I, I agree with and you. I believe them. I don't know that they are. I believe that they believe that. And that is freaking dangerous, man. I really like I don't think Chicago is like, dude, we could be a playoff team. No, they know they can't. Detroit really believes it. I don't know if I believe them, but I believe so, that they believe it. 
And that's weeks dangerous. One, weeks one to five, they got the Eagles, Washington, Vikings, Seahawks, Patriots. I mean, it could be four and one. There's an argument to be three I, and totally, two. I totally agree with you. <clears throat> then they go at Dallas. I think that'll be tough this year. Very tough. Dolphins, Packers, tough, both tough. Tough stretch. Then you got Bears, Giants. Should win, right? Bills, tough. tough. Then, no offense here. Go ahead, Jets. Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears. End of the year. Who before the Bears? Panthers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a winnable, a lot of winnable games there. Who do they play on Thanksgiving? <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's no good. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if you know, if that was like, if that was um, if that was Chicago, frankly, if that was the Jets, anybody else but Buffalo, maybe. <laughs> but you get it. When's the last time they won a Thanksgiving game? Could you imagine if they were like four and three going into Thanksgiving and they win Thanksgiving? When's the last time? Hold on. Oh, if you could find that, forget about can it. Can you can you guess this? No, nah, I, I I really genuinely they stink forever. Well, I can't remember them winning on Thanksgiving. It's it's like they never do. 2016, they won 16-13. Oh, real barn burner. <clears throat> be very careful. I'll just say be very careful with Detroit. If they get some momentum, that team is riding some serious emotion. I've never seen a team ride emotion that long because normally emotion can't carry you that far. There's just something different there. I don't know. Second place, I have Minnesota. Um... I think they're on the border of being a, a, a playoff team. We'll see. But in the end, the best team in the division is Green Bay. I don't care. They got the best quarterback by far. They have a fantastic defense. They probably have the best defense in the division. You have the best defense in the division with, we'll say, underperforming quarterbacks other than Kirk Cousins. Uh, I expect them to do well. Now, they may struggle in the beginning of the, excuse me, in the beginning of the season on offense. But when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson – you know, there's certain guys. If you got that guy, he's gonna work. He's gonna work and figure out how to get his guys involved. So I, yeah. I would expect that offense to be just fine by the end of the season. Playoffs are different. I'm not talking about the playoffs, uh, but as far as regular season, it, I, I'd be surprised if there's anything less than 12 wins. Very surprised. I, I think for the first time we have the same order: uh, Packers one, Vikings two, Lions three, Bears four. Yep. Not too much to add to any of those. Uh, it's pretty much self-explanatory. If you watch football, you kind of know. Yeah. What's going on? Now, listen. With the We're caveat behind. to me that if Detroit gets on a streak at some point and they start feeling good, I think they could I was, overtake I was just going to say that to you. I know we're confident with the Lions. If something happened to, say, Kirk or Dalvin Cook for the year or sure. just, God forbid, no. <clears throat> Which leads us into what you wanted to talk about. You want to talk about a little bit about Hard Knocks? Yes. Episode 1 uh, aired Tuesday night. Now, I love this show. I don't know if you get into it or not. I but don't. I love this show because it gets me – it gets the football going. I get that part of it. I almost like, I don't like people getting the behind-the-scenes look of what goes on with football because it's like yeah. you got to earn that shit. You got to be part of a team. I don't know. I got. I, don't, I almost, don't be such a grumpy old man. For hey, well, I'm the old man on this show. What can I tell you? Well, when our hard knocks started, you were like 25. Um, <laughs> Didn't like it then either. No, maybe not. Um, <laughs> Close. <laughs> so I know it's been super hot out, but to me, it's like when like you can open up a window, you hear the sound of the crickets outside. <laughs> You got a scotch in hand, you put the hard knocks on, you, you hear the pads clanking, and you live Schreiber, the voiceover, just gets you going because yeah. the juice is flowing a little bit. And for me, this year has election incentive because my boy Aiden Hutchinson 
uh, is a heavy feature in episode one. His whole sure. family, his hot mom and his super super. Uh, <laughs> What's with all the hot moms in the NFL? Miss Michigan sister. It's all. Uh, what if that family's really? His dad's a doctor. <laughs> family really suffers. Um, Dan Campbell's awesome, dude. But I'm just gonna be honest with you. Awesome. Does he? Doesn't and, he just make you want to play for him? Absolutely. That, that's what and, I'm talking and, about. And, and anyone, anyone you talk to, it's not an act. It's just, if you look it's around just the rest of the league, like really, if you look around the rest of the league. Think about, like, who would you want to play for? Like, who, who are the guys who are like, oh, my God, I want to play for him? John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. Would you re- – like, Andy Reid excites you? Yeah, he does. Well, he excites me intellectually. If I was well, quarterback, well, I want, why not? Well, I just I mean, like, me I just mean, like, I want to, I want to put oh, my like, helmet oh, on and, and start and, like, you know, pop pads and stuff like that. Um, McVay. McVay. Definitely McVay. Okay. Pete Carroll still do it to you? I don't know. I was thinking about him, but I don't know. Maybe he still does? I don't know. It's uh, Northwest there, Upper Northwest. I don't know what goes on over there. He always was that guy. Yeah. The fact that he gets out there, throws the ball, runs routes, you know, plays quarterback against seven on seven, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of guy. You want to like. That rule? I, I don't get that vibe. It's not that I don't want to play with him, play for him, but you mean like, I mean like, oh my God, I'm 49 years old and I wish I could go suit up for him right now. That's Dan oh, yeah. Campbell. Dan Campbell's about the only one, dude. That's crazy. There's very few. Or McVeigh. McVeigh kind of has that vibe. Shanahan doesn't. Shanahan's kind of like the mad genius. Leave me alone. Get out of my space. He's great. <laughs> He's great. And I'd want to be on the team because you're going to win. But I'm just saying, like, the, the, the kind of guy that you want to just lace it up and just go run through a brick wall for him. You know what I mean? Those guys, those Parcells guys, they're, they're, there's not too many of those in the league anymore. No. It's not a no, lot. That's not. just not the direction the league has gone. I don't I don't know if that's good or bad, but whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cameron just looks real to me. Like, this is just, yeah. like, no fake shit about him, I don't think. So, I don't know if you know this. Their coaching staff is heavy on ex-players. Yes. And so is Campbell. That's what I'm saying. Well, Cam- yeah, Campbell and his staff. And all the staff, yeah, yeah. Deuce Daly, associate head coach, running back coach. Your boy Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn, yeah, D- Jet. DC. Yeah. yeah. Which is, Calvin dude, Shepard. you talk about a meteoric rise. Oh, yeah. He was, you know, t- he was a defensive backs coach, became defense coordinator. Like, he was getting, he got an interview before Robert Sala got that job. He got a, a real interview. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got a second interview with the Jets about their head coaching position. Crazy. He almost got the Saints job, too, over Dennis Allen, I think. You're absolutely right. And to what we were talking about before, he made some real mistakes last year in some big spots in games that cost them games. But, yeah. you know, from everything you hear about him, he's really doing a great job. And, yeah. you know, you I, I doubt you'll see those same mistakes again this year. Calvin <laughs> Shepard played linebacker with the Bills. Hank Fraley played lineman with the Eagles and other teams for like eight, nine years. Hmm. Mark Brunel is the quarterback oh coach. Oh, my God. Wouldn't Aubrey you like Pleasant? to learn from him? He was fantastic. Aubrey Pleasant played in the league, and Antoine Randall is a wide receiver coach. It's crazy. Yeah. Usually you don't see that kind of like. But yeah, but I think that I think that tells you a lot about why players like playing for them because the coaches are all players. And let's be honest, most of those guys aren't that far removed. Even Campbell. I know. Most of those guys aren't that far removed from being players themselves. Well, the last time the Jets on Hard Knocks, Brunel was on the team. <laughs> he was the backup. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I think that has a lot to do with it. Like, it's hard to not be relatable. You know, like, these, it's not Bill Belichick. 
You know what I mean? Like where it's you almost feel like he's pushing a, pushing away from you like a magnet if you get too close to him. You know, like yeah. these are all players. They're talking from like real life experience. I think that carries some weight with a lot of these guys. You know, so yeah, and it's interesting. It. You know what, dude? I think you just talked me into it. I think I'm gonna watch. Yeah, you should. I think I'm gonna go check it you out. Should watch. I think I'm gonna go check it out. I frankly, I forgot that it was the Lions. Until so you brought it up. We talk about this too, like every week. Obviously. Yeah. So you know what? Screw it. I am gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it tonight. I'm interested now. So you had this interesting idea you came up with of what are some what are some players and coaches that have make or break seasons? By the way, before we get to this, how how many weeks is it until the first college football game? Do you know when the first college football game is? I think we're two weeks from Saturday. Is it? Yeah, we are. Twenty-seventh, oh, baby. Let's go. That's to me. That's the real start of football season. Because it's a real game. Yeah. Not this preseason shit. There's a, there's a game in Ireland. Although I'll though. watch the preseason games too. A college game? Yeah. Is that Notre Dame? No. Who is it? Northwestern Nebraska. Wow. That's a that's some travel. Yeah. That's some travel. Okay, good luck to that. And when, one when team has that? to buy the next week and one team doesn't. Oh, that seems unfair. Did Nebraska get screwed with the no, with the I no buy? they did. Let me see. <laughs> They haven't earned it, though. Let me see. NCAA football. Go all the way to Ireland. That's fascinating. 12-30 on Fox, Nebraska, Northwestern. Sheesh. So the team that got screwed in week two, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Good. Did they at least get the next week off? No. They get the week after that off. Oh, my God. Yeah, we they got week four off. They go, like, and home, then, Ireland, a, a road game or something? They go Ireland. Home, home, bye, Oklahoma. Ah, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, and then at at, at Rutgers, and, and then Ohio bye. State, and then another bye. Another bye. <clears throat> well, you can say goodbye to Scott Frost. Bye, bye. Oh, we're not doing the college hot seat. We're just doing NFL here. We can in a couple weeks. Okay, friend. I um, think that's a good idea. I think we got a good candidate. <laughs> so you said you you said you had two coaches. I have two. two you have three for each. So why don't three, we start so with I you? Start, I'm going to start with the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley. Mm. We talked about this fellow last I agree. week before that they another team that lost a lot of close games, but not from inexperience, from stupidity. Or is that inexperience, Mr. Yeah, Analytics? Well, that's that's where I was going to go next. It's Mr. funny analytics. how they changed their tune. Just last week, they came out and said, we didn't do that because of analytics. We do that because we believe in our players. Oh, why? Because you got beat up for making decisions on football yeah. fields based on analytics. Now, suddenly, it's because you believe in your players. Wasn't what yeah. you were saying that at that time. Fourth and three on our own 20 in the first quarter? Yeah. Great no, idea. It makes sense. Yep. Why, why not put yep. yourself in a hole against well, the Kansas City defense. Chiefs? Good call. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Brilliant. Um, I happen to agree with this one, although I didn't write it. I didn't write this one down. I like this one. I thought about it. Listen, you have a top five quarterback in this league. You have top five weapons on offense, and you made you certainly made significant upgrades on the defensive side. You cannot miss the playoffs again. I don't care what how how tough your division is. You cannot miss the playoffs again with a top five quarterback in the league. You can't miss the playoffs with a top five no. quarterback in the league. Nope. Let me just let me change that. Or else we got to say, you know what? Maybe he's not a top five quarterback in the league. And I do believe he is. But now you got to make the playoffs. And, you know, is there times where you can blame it on a quarterback? Sure. Is he Carson Wentz? No. He makes great decisions most of the time. So we can't keep saying we have great quarterback, we have great weapons, offensive line, upgraded defense, and miss the playoffs again. So I agree with you. 
I genuinely don't know if they would fire him. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny sitting here right now. I'm thinking it's a coin toss if they would fire him. But man, you go, you go like seven and ten or eight and nine and miss the playoffs again. There's gonna be uproar in that loss in there. You're in losing. Los Angeles and in San Diego. By you're the way, you lose to the Bears or something. You lose something Oof. stupid. Like that's a good one. That's a good one. Listen, Marty Schoenhaber has gotten fired over worse. Oh, for sure. What a better so. season. Yeah, you remember the one season and with San Diego, I think he went 13-3 and three and ended up getting fired because they lost like in the first round. That a Well, it wouldn't have been the first round. It would have been his, their first game after a bye. They lost and he got canned. So, yeah. Um, my first coach is Mike McCarthy. Uh, I think, I think the, one, I think the radio one. personalities, I think the TV personalities, and I think the fans, and maybe even the players, if I'm being honest with you, are almost just like sitting back and waiting for this to happen because they all know that um what's his face is waiting in the wings uh new orleans sean payton, sean payton is just sitting there waiting i i just have to believe that he's you know and i happen to believe that the cowboys probably are going to make the playoffs but if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round again because i don't think they're going to get a bye they're not going to be that good i i think that's problematic you got Dan Quinn there, who was rumored to be a possibility for the job even coming into this season. So I think Mike, Mike McCarthy's probably sitting pretty hot right now. That's a good one, dude. Make or break. I totally, I totally forgot about that one. It's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit west of that, and I'm going to go to Arizona. And I'm going to go with Mr. Cliff Kingsbury. Two years in a row, they've started out of the gates red hot, quarterback and coach, and the second half they've completely fell on their face. Now, offseason-wise this year – DeAndre Hopkins is going to get suspended six games. They make a trade on draft night for Hollywood Brown, who I'm all not that impressed with. Right. But is that a Lamar Jackson problem and not a Hollywood Brown problem? And it may be a Kyler Murray helpful because they play together in college. Correct. Um, (laughs) Kingsbury, there's no doubt about it. He's a very creative offensive mind. He played in college, was back up to Brady early on in the Super Bowl years, coaching college, now coaching the pros. Very, very good offensive brain. But there's something that second half, he doesn't make adjustments right. Yeah. And I think in that division now, Rams Super Bowl hangover, maybe, maybe not. Stafford's a little banged up. I don't think Cooper Cup's going to have the year that he had. Von Miller's gone. Aaron Donald was talking about retirement. So maybe they take a step back. Seattle's a mess. A mess. And San Fran's got a rookie quarterback or a second-year slash rookie quarterback playing quarterback. Maybe. This is this is the mm-hmm. year for Arizona for to maybe take a step up. And if they don't, I think they could take a bye to Mr. Kingsbury. I have the Arizona Cardinals as well. Uh, with Cliff Kingsbury. Listen, everything you said is accurate, and the adjustments thing is freaking huge. This is what makes Bill Belichick such a brilliant coach and the, the, the staff for 20 years with Tom Brady, and maybe Tom Brady was part of making those adjustments. I don't know. Um, were the adjustments. You didn't know what team. You, when it came to the, 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 the Patriots over the years with Tom Brady on that team, you didn't know what team you were playing from week to week. One week they rush for 300 yards, the next week they yeah. pass for 300 yards. One week they're playing a 5-2 defense, the next week they're playing a 4-3. You just don't know what's coming, and you're unprepared, and you had to make in-game adjustments all the time, all the time. And the only thing you can come up with as to why teams are catching up with them as the season goes on, number two, there's two reasons, and I think they both have played out pretty obviously in the last couple of years. 
Number one, as you said, Kingsbury does not make great adjustments as the season goes on. He seems to be more of a, this is what we do. We continue to do it. You have to stop us. And that shit don't work in the NFL, buddy. I'm sorry to tell you, man. This is all these guys do. They don't have students going to class. They don't have, like, they got unlimited resources and unlimited time to come out and figure. You remember a couple of years ago, I think it was still San Diego Chargers with Phillip Rivers. They had a really good team, and they lost at the end of the season to the, to the, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. And then they came and smoked them in the playoffs. And yeah. It was like, they, it was like. You just don't understand. Like as seasons go on and as teams get a look at you, they make adjustments and they see what you did well and they take that shit away. And I just don't see that. The other side of it is Kyler Murray is a an extremely undersized quarterback. And it hasn't just been the whole team's play in general that has taken a dip after we'll say week ten or so. His play specifically, and as we saw him in the playoffs last year, he was putrid. He was embarrassing. He was Wentz like. You know, with some of the plays that he made. So between those two things, <coughs> excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury is is on the hook here. Now, what's interesting about that is one problem is the quarterback and one problem is the coach. Well, guess who they're not going to get rid of? They're not going to get rid of the guy they just gave like two hundred and fifty million to. However much they gave to him, I don't even remember. Bingo. This is somewhere in that range, right? They're not getting rid of Kyler Murray. So the guy who's going to be out the door is Cliff Kingsbury. And then maybe they decide, hey, let's 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 beat the Cowboys to the punch and let's bring in Sean Payton and let him work with Kyler Murray. And if you're Sean Payton, uh, there's worse guys to get, come back into this league with and work with than Kyler Murray. That's a fun little toy to maybe wrap your head around. And also a guy who Kyler Murray would almost have no choice but to respect. Like, give me a break. This is a Super Bowl winning coach. He's had record-breaking seasons under his belt, both in Dallas and New Orleans. So, yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury, if if they do any kind of swan dive, you know, in the last third of the season like they have the last couple seasons, last three seasons, it's going to be bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, my third head coach, and we are both a fan, but listen, NFL stands for not for long. Mm. Carolina Panthers coach Matt Rule. I had him on my list, but I took him off to put Kingsbury. Yeah. Yeah. I Because uh, I don't like you know, it. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but the rumors have been out there for a reason. They trade for Baker Mayfield. Um, I, th- I think, you know, we said this last week when we did our South preview. The sun rising sets on his future on Christian McCaffrey. It really does. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it does, but it does. Unless Chuba Hubbard can come in and be a, a – he won't be like McCaffrey, but a player that could help their offense like McCaffrey does. Let me ask you this. Do you think Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from Sam Darnold? I do. I, I do, do, too. And I, like, and, and, I, and, I, and I root for <clears throat> Sam, but I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I agree. I, I do, too. So I think I think they should and be you better. Said it, and you said it two weeks ago, dude, he's a fiery fuck, and I think this is this is the ultimate fire-up. Loves and, his and, comeback and for story. For many reasons. Yeah. To stick it to Cleveland, to stick it to Doubters, to stick it to – you know, Colin Coward, any, everybody, <laughs> like specifically Coward, yeah, definitely. Kyle Sano, who absolutely, wasn't a fan no, I, I, I've given him shit as well, but I do think he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I do think there are some weapons there. I do think that that defense, you know, they drafted nothing but defense two years ago, and I think they're ready to come, you know, into yeah. seasoning. And I do think that Matt Rule is probably on the hot seat because even though he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold, how much? I don't know. I don't have a really good feel for how much. 
I do believe he'll be a little more free in Carolina because he wasn't their draft pick and that pressure and you don't see the you don't see the commercials of whatever the hell that was of him in the stadium and all this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe all that stuff being pushed off to the side and him just playing football and him having that chip back on his shoulder a little bit. Um, I think we might see a little player, better player. But if they miss the play- – oh, I don't know. Let me see. Can they miss the playoffs and Matt Rule survive? In that division? Yeah. If they're waiting nine. Who's, who's in that division? Like if they're Tampa nine Bay. and eight? Tampa Bay. Tampa. New Orleans, New Orleans. And then Falcons. If they go nine and eight, he might survive. Let's say – let's say – let's say nine and eight. East gets two. Let's say Cowboys, Eagles in the east. Let's say Packers, Vikings in the north, and let's say Rams, Niners in the west, and they get one out of the South Tampa Bay, and they go nine eight. He keeps his job. Fair or not fair? I think it'll depend on some of what some of those wins are. Like, listen, did you split with Tampa? That would go a long way to keeping your job. Did you yeah. upset? And I don't know their schedule, but like, did you upset? You know the Bills. I tell you, I tell you, week one's going to be fucking pressure. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. You lose that game. This is this is, we were talking about this last week, like how there's a whole week in between games. You lose to the Browns with Baker Mayfield on your team. That's seven days, 24 hours a day for seven friggin' days of just, see, Matt Rule's not the guy. How does he you bring Baker Mayfield? They don't even have a quarterback over there. Oh, dude, seven days or six days of that shit. It's a lot. It's so, a lot of pressure. So, so week two at Giants has to be a win. Week three, Saints home. Week four, Cardinals home. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Now, listen. There's an argument to be made that Dude, they could start, they could start out tough. three and zero, and then you know Cardinals come in. That's an, a West Coast team coming east. Their schedule's tough, dude. And then Niners come in after that. But we don't know about the Niners and their quarterback situation. So. Exactly. That's what I mean, I, th- I think you could make a sip early on. I think, that, I think that's – Yeah. Then they go at Rams, Buccaneers, at Falcons, at Bank. Dude, their schedule's tough, man. Yeah. I had an honorable mention wow. here for coaches. Um, I think it's unfair because I also don't think he should have gotten the job, but that's besides the point. Uh, I think Lovey Smith is on, like, a make or break. If they stink Dude, that, would that be their, like, fourth coach in five years, two, six years? Like, uh, it might be the, four coaches in four years. I don't even know Jesus anymore. Jesus Christ. Because Bill O'Ryan, didn't he, get, didn't he get canned midway through the season? I don't know. I think Lovey Smith is not a good head football coach. I think that he, I think he has a – Pretty decent track record as a coordinator, but I don't. I don't think he's a good football coach. I don't think he's a good head football coach anymore. And that team is bad. I saw some statistics today about Davis Mills. I'm telling you what, dude. If if you are in a one of those what do they call them legacy fantasy leagues, where like you keep you yeah. keep certain players year for year to year if you keeper, want to or something. Yep, yep. A keeper league. <clears throat> Put Davis Mills on that team and just have him as a. Ba- the guy put up big time numbers last year, dude. I, I don't have it in front of me, the stats, but it was like he had more this than a more more passing yards. This guy had a higher completion rate than this guy, had more yards passing in over in only ten games than this guy. It was like, wow. And he's throwing a Brandon Cooks and me and you with a yep. bad offensive line and no running game. Like, how's he doing this? I can give you two downs. Two what? Two downs. What does that mean? Second and third down. I give you two downs. That's what I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> But I just I he he's not a good coach, and if they do 
play poorly like we kind of think they will, if they're a five-win team, four-win, five-win team, you think he's going to survive? Tell you, dude, if you see if you see upgrades out of him, though, man, and we've talked about this with the salary cap for the cows come home, but it saves them so much money, and you could do more free agency and oh. the draft with that. Like it just no doubt, no doubt. Anyway, um, let's go to the players. Or did you Miami have a third? Dolph- Miami Dolphin? Well, you gave honorable mention. I gave my three coaches. You, you did give three. Okay. Uh, I have three. So first- I have three players too because I have some honorable mentions. All right, so cool, ahead. cool, cool. My first player is Miami Dolphin quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Hmm. I. I <laughs> you're gonna think I'm nuts here. <laughs> I. I. I really. I'm really starting to like this coach. I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. He's a good. I like him. I like him. I think they're going to do some wacky shit on offense, too. We thought Debo Samuel at tailback last year with the Niners was nuts. Now they got Hill. They got Waddle. They got Mozart from the Niners. They have two other running backs. I think they're going to do some crazy shit. They got a good tight end. Division's not brutal outside of the Bills. I, I, I like them. I don't know. I like them. But with that said, they they gave everyone around two a year. <clears throat> is this his third year? This is his third year. Yeah. You know, video could be very deceiving. So, you know, you have lovers and haters, and they'll show different things here and there. I saw an unedited video recently, last couple days, of Dolphins practice, seven on seven, not even offensive line. Six or seven straight plays, unedited, like no editing whatsoever. Dude, the guy really doesn't, he really doesn't throw a good ball, and he Mm -hmm. misses wide open guys downfield. Within 20 yards, pretty goddamn good. Uh, downfield, it's just different. You're not playing in Alabama where guys are buck-ass open, dude, and they're right. just so much better than the defensive back they're playing against. And he just, like, t- he, they're so far off, the guy can't even, like, dive for the ball. And I mean, like, that was, like, three out of the seven. I'm like, oh, dude. So I was going to put him, I, I thought about him, and I didn't, just because, listen, the Jets are in that division. Patriots are in that division, and they made some massive upgrades on that offensive side of the ball. Like, holy shit. He should have a better season. Mm -hmm. And as I've said a number of times, they did go on a seven-game winning streak. Now, that seven-game winning streak was preceded by a seven-game losing streak, which he was also partaking in. Um, But I got to give credit where credit is due. I have to believe they're going to do okay. It puts... What's interesting is it puts Miami in a weird spot. Let's say they go like nine and eight, or let's say they go ten and seven, but don't make the playoffs just because of numbers games. You got what three teams coming out of the West? Maybe you know you got uh, maybe Cincinnati and Baltimore, Colts. Colts. Like maybe there's just not enough room, and ten and seven doesn't get you there. And now you're going into year four with Tua. You're going to give him that fifth-year extension? Do you continue with him? Or do you realize, like, dude, we gave him everything, and he got us 10? Like, how much – what are we? What more are we expecting out of him? Or does Mike McDaniel go out and get Jimmy G? But how do you – what does I'm saying? How do you not – how do you not – if he puts up – if he puts up, you know, 4,000, 4,200 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, you're going to get rid of a guy like that? You're going to replace that guy? I don't know. It's such a weird spot because they put so much talent there. I really do expect them to do better. But what does better mean? And how much better can that be? And if it's not 12 wins, 13 wins in a playoff spot, then like do you do you stick with him? Because now you now you're up now you're in the same Donald spot where like we think he's good, but he hasn't shown it and now we got to offer him 40 million dollars and I don't think we can do that, right? Like it's it's 
it's such a tough spot there. Yep, so yep. it'll be interesting. My first guy might might surprise you, but I think he's at the end of his starter rope here. Uh, make or break for Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> uh, he got off to a really good start last year, got hurt. There's The problem is there's not a lot of confidence around the league in this guy. He continues to make like these weird off-field and even on-field kind of like quirky mistakes and weirdness. Obviously, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions with Tampa, 5,000 yards, great. But we probably lost four games because you throw so many goddamn interceptions and fumble the ball so much. Does he revert to that without Sean Payton being here? If they miss the playoffs this year, do they continue to roll with him? He's only on a one-year contract, I'm pretty sure. Um, and if they don't roll with him after this season, do you really see another team in this league picking him up as a starter? I don't know. I think at that point, so so I don't think he's going to be out of the league because I think he'd be a great guy to have on a team as a backup because he can throw touchdowns, man. I mean, that's just he can keep you in ball games and throw touchdown passes because he's not afraid to take chances and risks and push the ball down the field, and he's good at it. But if they have a mediocre season and they let him go, I don't know that there's going to be too many teams out there looking to pick up Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. Yep. Yep. New York Giant Daniel Dimes Jones. Uh, you're fishing in the shallow waters here. They have mm-hmm. uh, – They have. well, listen, make or break is make or break. They declined, his, they declined his fifth-year option. If he does anything for them, you could franchise tag him or maybe work out a deal. I, I've said this before. I oh, they would never franchise. I mean, he would have to have I, an amazing season for the franchise because then they got to pay I, him as a top I, team. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing out options. Man, you are, you are. <coughs> oh, you didn't hit the button. You I tried. It wouldn't go. Button. All right. Oh, maybe the button's dead. I don't know. It's not working yeah, because you've used it twenty two times. I did. Though. I did. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Big fan of Brian Dable. I think he can. I mean, I think he's going to have the best uh, offense that he's had. Best offensive mind. Best system. Best for Daniel Jones. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best, oh, organiza- sure. best yeah. organization. Kind of like like gel that he's had. I think I saw a number where he's had like six, like five coordinators in six years going back to college or something. Which it's, doesn't it's help. Bananas. The numbers bananas. I am hearing good things out of camp. I'm hearing good things too. that people feel too. like I they am... look more organized. They look more prepared. It's hard yeah, to say, though. in the room now, you know? It's like, yeah. it's amazing how many coaches, people get these coaches wrong. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. But I, I, I've heard, I heard him on an interview the other day with Boomer and, uh, and Gio, and I just, I don't like his, I don't like his leadership skills from a, from an interview perspective. I mean, it could be totally different in the huddle and in the locker room, and I hope it is. Mm. But he comes off, like, really, like, I don't want to say doofy, but oh, along, really? that route, along that route. Like, oh, wow. Like a little dude for you, like just like, oh, uh, not like Eli Manning-ish because me like Eli had a resume, but it's it's so similar. It's so bizarre. Yeah, oh shucks. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It really is. I agree with you on Daniel Jones, and um, I've been kind of a defender of his because I feel like the offensive line has been bad. But I'm I'm with you on this totally. Like. You have a, you have a, a one of the best offensive minds now in the league now as your head coach, who's coaching you firsthand. Who took Josh Allen from being a, you know, 55 percent completion percentage quarterback when he first got in the league to an argument to be made the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. There's an argument for other guys, but you can make an argument as Josh Allen being the best in the league. 
Um, so you have no more excuses. They've made some upgrades on the offensive line. They have either the most expensive or the second most expensive wide receiver room in the, in the entire NFL. Whether that you know means that they're really good or not is is a whole different thing. But there are some talented players there. Yeah. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. No doubt about that. You know, there's there's at some point you have to perform. First year, okay. Second year, eh. third year sucks. You know, this is this is the quarterback position in the NFL. No longer can you just be another guy. When you take yeah. up, go ahead. He's coming off. Sorry to tell you, he's coming off a neck. Ah, oh, he had a neck. That's that's also so, very. And nobody cares. Nobody no, cares that he had no, a I neck. Know. I know. No, I know. <laughs> I know. He had a neck. He had a hamstring. I, got well, one. I love having it for you. He's got a knee. I got oh, one, too. Yeah. I got two knees. No, he's got a knee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm with you on that. I look at him as uh, on the fence, and I don't have a good feeling about it, i to be honest with you. Uh, this one makes me sad, but I'm just trying to be big J journalism here. Like, you know, I can't. got to tell it like it is. This one makes you sad. It makes me sad. Can you guess? It's not Sam. No. I think he's done. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah I was going to say, I, I think, think he's already broken. Was, I think my, yeah, he was on this list last year. <laughs> yeah. I think he's already this broken. This makes you sad. Yeah. Quarterback? Yep. Think of like who, we were, who we've been talking about. Hard knocks. Mr. Goff. Yeah. It's not bad. So think it's about not- this. Of all the things that went on last year, who was the one guy the only guy that Dan Campbell got negative about in a post-game press conference the entire season. Yeah. It's Jared Goff. Now, I will but say was, this. But it was early. It was, it was early. early, and I will say that Jared Goff responded really well. Absolutely. I okay? Agree. But let's be honest. Jared Goff was kind of like he, when, they made, when Detroit made that trade to send um, Stafford to the Rams, Goff was put in as a way to – get rid of salary for the Rams and to like give the Lions a filler until they found a quarterback. That's kind of how yeah. it was looked at. Yep, yep. And well, we're about at that point because you know, the Lions have some draft picks that they can use. Um he's bit this will be his second season. I wrote down the number 7 before. I think there's an opportunity for him 7 and if things get really wacky 8-9 games, things could get crazy. It's happened before. And if that happens, that means he's playing really well. So let's be honest about that. If, if something nutty like that happens, it's because he's playing really well. But if that number ends up more like five, I got to think they're probably going to take a shot at somebody else in the draft. That's just me. And that makes me a little upset because I like Jared Goff and I think he's got a bad that. rap. I don't think he's great. I don't, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. He's definitely top 20. I'd have to think really hard, and I'd have to go player by player to say top 15. Mm. But I, I think he's a quarterback that can absolutely win in this league. In fact, I know he can because he played in the Super Bowl. I'd probably have him top 20, but 15's... I'd have to go player by player. If you give me if you give me a healthy Jameson Williams, St. Brown, Hawkinson... But this Swift, is, I, I, soon I enough, you, we'll find that out, I, right? I can, I can give you 15. And a decent offensive line. Now, here's the thing about Jared Goff. There, he needs more than superstar quarterbacks need. But let's be honest, so does Dak. Dak is not great without certain things. Most players aren't. Okay, There are very few of those guys that can just do it without greatness around them, the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and all this kind of shit. Even Russell Wilson needs help. Okay, and we think very highly of him. He's top ten. Um, 
So, yes, Jared Goff needs help, but so do most quarterbacks in this league. If you give him the help, I think he can. I think he's got some help. I think it's getting better. And if they don't take a significant step, and if they can really pin it on him, he's the one player from last year that I look at and say, they weren't leaning on him. They wanted to, but they couldn't. Um, and it's the one player I think the whole the rest of the team doesn't necessarily have a ton of confidence in. So that's why I think, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope it's make, and I hope it's not break. I'll be rooting for him. But I think if they go five wins, I think he's probably out. You know, it's unfortunate that that one made you sad. This one makes me really happy. Oh, boy. Washington Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz. I yeah. Well, I thought about that. <laughs> I think uh, I actually think he's already broke. I think uh, so. But he's getting but he's a starting a job. But you're right. Yeah, you're right. He's a starter. A starting job. Yep. Clear starter too. Not even I, like I, competition. Clear I, starter. Listen, I, I don't want to pound this guy for the third week in a row here. <laughs> he's your Aaron Rodgers so, for me. So I'm just I'm just gonna say mm-hmm. this. Was let go by the Eagles, traded by the Eagles. A year later, was let go, traded by the Colts. We know the story. For sure. I think they, I think there's an argument to be made. They have the fourth best talent in this league, in the in the, in the division. I mean, I, I think offensive wise, defensive wise, mm-hmm. no, offensive wise, I think you can make the argument. I think he is a – if this does not go well, I think he is now a backup, and then I don't know how long – I don't know how much he loves football, to be honest with you. I, 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 he's a weird dude. He rubs guys the wrong way. Now guys are coming out of the Colts, out of the woodwork. Eagles that are retired, they're coming out of the woodwork now saying stuff. I think maybe he get, he loses his starting job, he's a backup for a year or two, and then he goes in the woods and hunts for the rest of his life. I don't know. I think he'd be I happy did, with I, that too. I, 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 think, I think he might be. He'd so probably I, have about $50 million in the bank. Yeah. Not the worst life. Nope. 30 so years old, retired with 50 is, uh, million. I think, and a Super Bowl ring. And a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. It's so just I such think, an incredible story. It is. It's, that that guy, that season before he got hurt, was a front runner for league MVP. Yeah. And not only does he get hurt, which if he got hurt and then their season died, his career might be different. Think about this I, for a second. I, I totally agree with you. If He's Nick, still an eagle. If Nick Doug Peterson's still well, a coach. What we can say is I don't know that this all happens. Okay? If Nick yeah. Foles just falls on his face and they make the playoffs because they were just they had such a great season going and then they lose in the first round and that was that, nobody will blame Nick Foles because he was just a backup. Right. Wentz comes back the next season. When he's ready, instead of rushing back, if you remember, he rushed back, wasn't quite ready, got banged up again, and then the fans are clamoring for Nick Foles. So instead, that doesn't happen. He takes his time, and he comes back when he's ready, and he's relaxed. There's no pressure. There's no statue of Nick Foles in front of <laughs> fucking Philadelphia, the Eagle Stadium, go walking into work every day looking at that goddamn thing. Could you imagine that? No. His whole career could be different. If they lost the Super Bowl or didn't make it to the Super Bowl, then actually going and getting the ring. It's crazy when you it's think amazing. about that, dude. It's amazing. But, yeah, no, you're right. He is a starter. He's the clear starter. And if they have a good season, what if what if Washington makes the playoffs? 
there's redemption in that, right? Wentz gets kind of redemption. Be, that would be a hell of a story. And as and we I always be, say, and I will be the first one to back off and, and yeah. apologize to him. And as but, we always say, momentum is a bitch. And at that point, you never know because he, you know, there is talent there. It's undeniable. I just don't see, just don't see him having a better season with this, the commanders they did with the Colts. The Colts. Oh no, I I totally agree. I wouldn't bet on it. I'm not betting. And Frank on Wright it. and everything. Else. Yeah, yeah I I'm just not don't, betting I just on don't. it. I'm not betting on it. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll give you one last one. And this one, to me, it's almost like, I mean, kind of obvious. I don't even know if it's a real make or break season. Baker Baker Mayfield? No, I don't even have him there yet. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that yet. Okay. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. Listen, the reality, about that one. the reality is this is a great opportunity for him. This guy was a starter in the league. And truth be told, last couple years in Chicago without Mitch Trubisky has caused people, including you and I, to say, hey, Trubisky went to the playoffs two out of four years. Trubisky maybe wasn't nearly as bad as we thought he was because now look at Chicago without him. Then he goes to Buffalo, and I know, I know, it was just one preseason game. But in a preseason game, goes out there and looks like freaking Joe Namath in the Super Bowl, just going off for 300-plus yards and like three touchdowns. He's only been in the system for three weeks. Was it a matter that Dable had faith in him? Is Dable that good and maybe the Giants should be excited about Daniel Jones? Or did Trubisky just always have this in him and 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 Chicago was just so bad? And Hey, what if Trubisky was carrying the Bears? They were that bad, but it was Trubisky carrying them instead of them carrying him. These are all legitimate questions um, coming into this season. So if he has a bad se- – but what makes it make or break is that this is a real opportunity for him. There's no real clear starter. Ben Roethlisberger isn't on this team. Uh, he has a real chance to start. But he also has a real chance not to start. And I just think if he doesn't win the starting job, he'll be he'll, he's a perennial backup. Which is a great job. We've talked about this. Chase Daniels has made $40 million or whatever. He's Chad Henning's still hanging around. <laughs> yeah, it's a great gig. So there's nothing wrong with it, especially if you really like football and you really like that paycheck. Um, but I don't think – I can't possibly imagine if he can't beat out uh, Kenny Pickett and um, yeah, Mason, Rudolph. Mason Rudolph that anybody else is going to give him a chance to be a starter in the league. So this is it for him. I am going to give you the floor here. Well, and make fun of one of our buddies. Well, no, let's just let's just, just do some big J, uh, uh, big J journalism here. Last week um, was uh, what was the goddamn tournament that was on the golf tournament? Was it Wyndham? Oh, yeah, Wyndham Classic, up, yeah. right? A Wyndham, yeah. in, Wyndham Invitational. <clears throat> and you and I both, I think, got text messages from our friend Mike Dean over at Dean Dome Sports, who. Truth be told, let's be honest about this, has a pretty decent track record in his fantasy golf stuff. Like when he puts his fantasy golf, you know, roster together on Wednesday or whatever it is, it's usually pretty solid. I got to give him some credit. He usually does pretty well. Mike went so far last week as to offer up a detailed explanation about... (laughs) I see your face. (laughs) A detailed... An in-depth, well-steeped. He always always touches the money. Well-steeped, well-steeped description of why he really liked uh, Webb Simpson. You know what? You know what's funny? I think I might actually have it here. Oh, let me see if I can bring up because I just thought it was fair. 
I just th- I just thought it was fair. Let me see. Um, he said, why do I like Webb Simpson so much this week, you ask? Even though I hadn't asked. <laughs> of course, Mike says seven, <laughs> seven top ten career finishes at this event, including a win in 2011 and two-time runner-up. Sounds like totally fair justification to me, right? So we came on the show and we said, hey, let's share this with the multitude of listeners that we have. Maybe they can throw him in their roster for their DraftKings or what's the other one that everybody does? FanDuel. FanDuel. uh, Fantasy League for the week for golf and make a couple bucks, man. Hey, if we can help you, that's why we do the football picks. We ended up last season. Both of us above fifty five percent, which was great. If people were listening along, they made some made some dough. We like to help our listeners, right? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Webb Simpson didn't quite come through like Dean Dome Sports had uh, thought he he would. Had a rough first day. I believe he started Friday. Gave it the old college try or the old uh, the old. Uh, Uh, (laughs) the old country club try but he ended up with a withdrawal a little wd and it's like oh and that's not the wd40 he did not do well how many people does michael money to you know you think at this well interestingly enough and maybe this has something to do with it because he might be on the lam i didn't get my normal thursday morning text uh, for, I just got it. You just got it? 20 minutes ago, I just got it. <laughs> I didn't get my I didn't get my Thursday morning my Thursday morning text of who, of who he's who he's putting on his DraftKings and FanDuel roster this week for for golf. If you if for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can look over my shoulder. You see we had the St. Jude Classic, which is the first leg of the FedEx Cup. And we're missing a significant number of players. There was a big rumor this week, Scotty, another player. This is why I said there's always moving parts with this. Don't be so quick to say this is done, that's done, this will never happen, this will happen, that won't happen. Who's who, who's rumored $100 million to be joining the LIV? That will be young Larry Bird, Cam Smith. <laughs> that's why I like that. <laughs> I tell you what. Um... For all the people, now what's funny is I only hear like golf personalities complaining about these guys going to LIV. And sure, some people who lost pe- lost family members in 9-11 made a, little, made a little protest at one point, and I get that. And I don't begrudge them that at all because I understand where they're coming from. Um, but it's mostly like TV personalities. Uh, you're starting to look a little silly because these guys are getting I, – I wonder – Oh my God! I'm drawing a blank on his name. The the one guy on Golf Channel, uh, Chambly, Brandel. Wow, Brandel Chambly. Brandel like Chambly, and I he's, like him, and I think he's, he's a great. He's got a big mouth, though. He's got a big mouth. He's not. Afraid. And what's interesting, he's a very soft-spoken guy, yeah. but he's not afraid to put a lot of fire behind the soft words that he's saying. And he's saying these guys are a joke. I wonder if Brandel Chambly was offered a hundred million dollars. To go be a broadcaster for the LIV, if he would be so quick to turn it down. Now I don't know what he makes for Golf Channel. Maybe he makes two, three, four million dollars a year. I have no idea. But it would take you twenty years, Brandel, to make a hundred million dollars, making four million dollars a year, five, you know, five million a year. I don't think he's making that much. No. So if they offered you a hundred million dollars, you're going to turn that down? Give me a break, okay? You and I, 
Not turning down $100 million. I don't even know how long that $100 million is for. I don't think it's for one year, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. That's, that's life-altering legacy-type money. Your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids won't and have that, to worry and about just, money. That's just the planet. You still got a pot, right? When you win the I don't. Tournament. I don't know if there is. I think it's just a trophy. Oh, okay. I think that's the idea. Oh, okay. Like it's like okay. the, and a, it's like every other sport. You have your contract and you go out and play to try to win. I I got you. Maybe there's bonuses. If they don't, I think it would probably be smart smart to have some kind of pot for each tournament. At least maybe even even if it's just top five. Like most people mm. don't know in a PGA Tour, if you make the cut. You get paid. So, like, so I think only 50 or 75 guys make the cut. Yeah, Somewhere in that range, that. 65 yep. to 70 guys make the cut. They all get paid. And I usually, the minimum that they get paid is like $35,000. Yeah. Like, that's usually, that's like on the low end, you know, and the first place guys getting $2 million. So, all you gotta do is make the cut. LIV, these guys have contracts. Maybe they can come up with, hey, top five, top 10, maybe even top 10, because if you got 40 guys, top 10, top five, something like that, whatever, they could work on that. But I think these, all these big mouths t- talking about these guys shouldn't be doing it. It's real easy to say when no one's offering you $100 million. I don't know if you heard from Greg Norman what they offered Tiger. Yeah. $700, $800 million? Dollars? Yeah. Dude, what kind of dough? Oil pays big. Oil yeah. pays big. And I just want to remind all our listeners who want to say, but would you take that Saudi money? I'll ask you again. Does CBS have a station in Saudi Arabia? Does NBC have a station in Saudi Arabia? Does the Golf Channel have a station in Saudi Arabia? Right behind me right now, you can watch the Peacock Channel. Is Peacock available? Is Peacock available in Saudi Arabia? I bet you it is. I bet you it is. They're taking that Saudi oil money, aren't they? That blood money. They're taking that blood money, aren't they? It's okay for the corporation to take it, but it's not okay for uh, Cam Smith. And I think Cam Champion was the other one that was rumored to be going to. Uh, it's not okay for them. It's not okay for Mickelson or DeChambeau. Stop with the nonsense. They should be able to do both. There's absolutely no reason they can't do both. Get over yourselves. You're not that important, PGA. I'll make this quick. Wait, I just want to say one more thing about this. Uh, it's really kind of a question to you because we're done with the majors and now we got the FedEx Cup. I have to ask, do you feel... Like the majors, I think it was outside of uh, the Masters, everything else. Do you feel that it was a little cheaper because there were a lot of guys missing from some of these tournaments? Oh, definitely. It was, right? Yeah. When you know there's no Kepka, When you think about who has won majors in the last three years. And that's, and that's why I'm not that into it now because like, a lot of guys aren't there. They're not there. Dustin Johnson, Kepka, Mickelson, who won a PGA Championship last year. Like you think of the... Uh, um, uh, Patrick Reed, Masters champion from two years ago or three years ago, whatever the hell it is now. Like, you think of the guys that aren't there that are recent, recent, and now Cam Smith probably gone. And not only that, guys that are always hanging around. Louis Stenson, Stenson years back. Yes, and- Stenson's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, these are guys that are always on the leaderboard of uh, – Ustazen's a perfect example. Like, always on the leaderboard of major championships, and now their names aren't even there. They're not even part of the tournament. And I mean, it takes a little away, and the PGA, yeah, need, the PGA, uh, the PGA of America needs to get over that and work something out this off season because you're not helping yourself, dude. Sooner or later, people will go where the names are. They just will. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll make this quick. Uh, Do we have our first Yankees, Yankees fans? Is this the first, is the first one? I don't know if we're gonna get there, <laughs> but the Yankees are um, sucking at the moment. 
Another lost series. I don't know what their record is exactly after the All-Star break, but it's not good. Not good at all. Their lineup struggles. They get finally good pitching, and they're they're getting blank. I think they lost two one nothing games in like four days, Oof. which is bananas considering what the Yankees were doing in the first half of the year. Yes. Uh, Rizzo's been out. Bad backs because you shit out of me because you never know when that's going to go. Killed Don Magley's career. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, they kind of downplayed his uh, Achilles injury, but now it looks like he's going to be out a couple more weeks. Killer. It's funny. Rizzo, guys, Rizzo goes to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been 7-0. Gallo. Or Gallo. Gallo. That's what, I said. Right, that's what I meant. Gallo goes. They, at the at one point, they were like 6-0, 7-0, and the Yankees yeah, were 0-5. He had a home run last night in the 7th <clears> to <throat> take the lead. Fucking guy. Um, G and Rizzo are big in the Yankee lineup because they protect Judge. If Judge is going on, it's a historic home run. You need those guys in your lineup. How many has he Matt got now? Carpenter, Matt, 45. Okay. Matt Carpenter broke his foot the other day, found a ball I off know, his foot. That man. guy's been great for us. <clears throat> just, just unfortunate. Um, what? How long is he out for? Six to eight weeks. They said it was a clean break, but you don't know. By the time he gets back, rehab yep. and, and back and you know. Yeah. Uh, the guy Bader they traded for Jordan Montgomery for, who has he, he is in a walking boot. He hasn't even played yet. That is the most confusing trade of all time. I don't know what the hell Cashman was doing there. Um, base running's been an issue now. These guys are sloppy. Caught off bases. It's sloppy. like little league. It's like you coaching your son last year. What the fuck are we doing? Uh, and I got to tell you, we've all played sports. A lot of guys listen to this, guys and girls that played. Um, you never want to break up a good thing, and the clubhouse was rolling, and Cashman does all. I, I know I, I know it's easier it, it's easier to look at now. You had to get Gallo out of here, but he was a likable guy. Everyone, He wasn't costing us games. I, I, as, right. as much as you could say he was awful <clears> to watch, he wasn't costing us baseball games. Jordan Montgomery was a borderline playoff pitcher. He could definitely give you long innings in a, in a playoff series if you got if you got up or down early. Yeah, and you trade him. He was best friends with three guys. He came up with Judge, with Higgy, Torres. Him and Tyone got close over the last two years, and they say goodbye to him in the middle of a, like a, a series. It, it just the whole thing didn't make any sense. And like I said, you trade for a guy that's not even playing yet. Yeah, you know, Cashman's been doing this twenty five years. Brian, what the fuck? Like what? It makes no sense, and now, and now they're struggling. I know it's a combo of things. Guys banged up. You're playing tougher teams. You're traveling out west. I get it. But those games that the Yankees – listen, you weren't losing one nothing games in May. Right, Come right. Come on. Like. <clears throat> What's funny is Gallo wasn't producing, and that's why he had to go. But yet the team was producing, and now he's gone. The guy who wasn't producing is gone, and now the rest of the team isn't producing. It's, it's so odd. It's, it's, it's But you're, you're so right. You gotta be really, really careful messing with a good thing. I, um, chemistry is a bitch, especially in a long season like this, man. You know, when you're getting rid of good guys, it's it's tough. You just don't know how it's gonna go. That's the problem. You don't know. Yep. Sometimes that works out just fine. You get rid of a guy who's batting 195, which is probably the right thing to do. Uh, and you replace him, and the guy who comes in is fine. I mean, these are ball players; these are professionals. But. You know, and me, me and all my, me and all my Yankee buddies up here. You know, we need more arms yeah. at the deadline. Now you got less arms. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a little strange. Yeah. You know, anyway. A little difficult to swallow. Uh, now, if I'm they not, were winning I'm games, not, I'm not in a full panic yet, but I'm not very confident right now. I'm not going to lie to you. To be continued next week, but if they were winning games, you know, you wouldn't care so much. But as soon as they make moves, they go into the shitter, and now the shitter's full. It's very yeah. – shitter's full. <laughs> shitter's full. 
So yeah, I don't blame oh. you. I don't blame you. I'm with you. Let's not panic. It's a beautiful no. thing to build up a big lead because it gives you a nice cushion. He got time to make some adjustments, make some corrections. I think they'll be okay. But it does cause you some hesitation, we'll say. Yeah, a little agita. A little agita. Very good, my friend. That was mild. That was pretty mild. I got a feeling yeah, if they I got a feeling if they lose four games in the next week, though, we're not gonna get so mild next week. Because you started to there for a little bit. You start the temperature started to go up, the screen started turning a little red. Uh, the the veins and neck were starting to pop out. It was like, oh boy, here we go, here we go. And then you took a breath, you're like, but I'm not panicking yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens seven days from now, right? Well, you never know. We will. 75 in the books. My 75, man. Three quarters of a second. Yeah, that's very cool, dude. Incredible. Very good, very good solid number there. What do you got uh, for I us? Got, I got five for you. Football heavy, good football number. Three Hall of Famers and probably a a borderline one, maybe a possible future hole. I'll start with him. Number five, two-time Super Bowl champion, 2012 All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, former new uh, a friend of yours, I can imagine, Ooh. a former Patriot nose tackle, Big fella, Vince Wolfork. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, screw that <laughs> fat bastard. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Number four, three-time All-Star, 2012 World Series champion, 2002 Cy Young, former A's and Giant starting pitcher Barry Zito. Oh, he was a really good pitcher for, for a little while. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was definitely. That's California hippies. Number three, Super Bowl champion, three-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, 1980s All-Decade team. Now a Fox analyst, Hall of Fame Raider defensive end, Howie Long. Number two, these two guys' numbers, dude, statistics are out of this out of the world, out of this world. Five-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time sack leader, 1960s All-Decade team. 60s. Hall of Fame, Ram, and Charger defensive end, Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. I was thinking somebody else. Number one, four-time Super Bowl champion, two-time defensive player of the year, 10-time Pro Bowl, 1970s All-Decade team, getting back in the good graces of our Steeler brother. Please, please. Hall of Fame, Pittsburgh, Steeler defensive tackle, Mean Joe Green. Yes, yes. One of my favorite players of all time on one of the greatest organizations of all time. We love the Steelers. <laughs> Go Steelers. Steeler Nation in the house. Um, I have a great story here, and I'm glad to tell it because sometimes we tell some wacky stuff, sometimes we tell some weird stuff, and this is just goodness. And we, I'm sure many of you have seen it. If you haven't, you could you, you can find it on Facebook on the um, Bump and Run Sports Podcast page. I just posted it, I think, yesterday. And I'll take you I'll take you over to the Little League World Series. I don't know if you saw this guy, but a, a kid was pitching and he threw a nice nice heater and he hit the batter in the head and the kid goes down in a heap and he's just laying there for a little while. And these are kids, you know, they're freaking kids. So the pitcher like gets pretty upset. He's on a mound and he's crying, you know, because he like thinks he really hurt another kid. And uh, luckily the the batter kind of got up, shook it off, ran down to first base. And uh, in a really, really cool scene, and I wrote on I wrote on um, on Facebook on the post. I said we could all little learn a little something from kids here. The kid who just got hit in the head, okay, just got hit in the head with a fastball, took his helmet and threw it off to the sideline and walked out to the pitcher's mound and gave this kid who just hit him in the head, who was crying about hitting him in the head, gives him a big hug and he's whispering in his ear. And you can only imagine what he was saying, you know, like, hey, man, don't worry about it. No, you didn't mean it. Whatever. I'm going to beat your ass in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Don't try picking me off. <laughs> what a cool scene. 
And um, you can see that the, it helped because the the pitcher, you know, this kid kind of had his arms around. The pitcher came and he patted on the back. You can tell you could tell it was like, "Hey, man, thanks a lot. I'm glad you're okay," kind of thing. But it was just it was just a really cool scene. It ended up on every on every you know Outkick had it and Score and Bleacher Report. They all had it posted out there. If you haven't had a chance, I'm sure if you go on Facebook or Bleacher Report or YouTube on YouTube somewhere you'll see it and it was a really cool scene so good for them good for the good for the pitcher for having a heart and good for the uh good for the batter who got hit in the head for having a good soul and going out and taking care of another guy like that so good for them very cool scene <clears throat> I made it and this is ladies and gentlemen this is a older <laughs> and softer Pete Calisano I played football for this man 20 years ago Listen. there was no shot that this was going to come out of his mouth then hard, so hard guy, outer I, shell hard outer shell <laughs> soft intercore you know what I mean a guy having kids has changed him for, uh, big time <laughs> I'm like those chocolate easter eggs with like the the white <laughs> yeah, and yellow on, inside on. soft and yellow inside shell, chocolate <laughs> shell creamy, outside creamy nugget in there yeah. <laughs> um we made it, man. I had a hard time. I, I, I appreciate you putting up with me in this particular episode, but it is what it is. Hopefully, I won't sound this shitty next week. I don't know. Maybe somebody finds it sexy and is like, you should do this more often. And then what I'll do is I'll do like karaoke before the show, and then I'll come on and I'll sound like this. Well, we'll two cigars, though. Yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll get better ratings. So, By the way, I think I forgot to tell you guys. We went over 3,000 listeners. It was last week. I forgot to mention it. I was all pissed off after I hit end. Um, because I forgot to mention it, but last week, or really, I guess before last week, right before last week, we went over 3,000 listeners, which is huge. So as always, we say thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to do so. And thank you for the comments. We had the nice comment, which is a great idea, and I think we'll figure out a way to put something together with that, right? We'll call that loser Mike Dean over at Me Dean Dome Sports or Mean, mean Dome Sports. I don't know. <laughs> and we'll see if he wants to do like a, a fantasy draft. I think it was a good idea. It'd be a lot of fun. It's kind of like how we do our mock draft, you know. We'll do we'll yeah. do a mock, we'll do a fantasy draft instead. And we'll add, we'll see if we can add him in to fit him in the schedule. We're very busy, I like so I don't know if we can. Very busy, very busy. For Scott Bracy, I'm Pete Santa. You've been listening to Bump and Run, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Stop playing!